This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Presented by Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Here's the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year and voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Hey there, good morning and welcome in. Friday edition of the Bill Riley Show, coming to you live from the barely west side of Salt Lake City in downtown just west of State Street on Broadway in the corner of West Temple in our Broadway Media Studios. It's the Bill Riley Show here on ESPN 700. Good to be with you today wherever you might be on this overcast, chilly, rainy, soon-to-be snowy Friday into Saturday. I hope you're having a good Friday. I wish the weather was better, but hey, it's the second day of February. This is about what we've come to expect. So, Enjoy your Friday, however it might be, and thank you for making me part, even if it's just a little part of your Friday. Thank you for doing that. We'll be here till 2 o'clock today. Spence will be in here after us today, and we'll do our very best to inform and entertain you on all things sports, whether it's college football, college basketball, whether it's the NBA or something beyond the Super Bowl next week in Las Vegas. We'll, um, we'll have that for you right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. I'm Bill Riley. My producer today is Leif Tuline. He's on the other side of the glass. He is directing traffic in there, keeping things on the up and up. And I'm glad you guys are with us today. We've got a good guest list today. Tony Jones is going to come by today. We'll talk to Tony about the Jazz and their loss last night to a 
somewhat shorthanded Philadelphia 76er team, but man, oh man, is Tyrese Maxey good. I'm going to talk to Ryan Fowler today. He's in Mobile. How have uh, Cole uh, Bishop and uh, and uh, Sione Vaki looked down at, the, uh, down at the Senior Bowl? We'll talk to Ryan Fowler about that. Our old buddy, Everett Gray, Uncle Ev, comes by to do a little story time today. We'll talk some college pro basketball with Ev. And uh, whatever else may be popping up today, you guys are more than welcome to chime in. It's kind of a free-for-all Friday. No real direction on the program today. We've got a bunch of different things we could certainly go with. But if you have something you'd like to talk about, a question for me, a topic for me, a, a, uh, a question or an opinion for me, whatever it might be, hit me up on the Dish Pros text line today, and we'll answer those as we get them at 877-353-0700, 877 877- Three five three zero seven hundred. And for those of you that were asking or wondering, no, I do not have Bush tickets to give away. There will be no Bush tickets to give away here on the program today. Spence Checkets is giving those away on the drive. So if you've come to the Bill Riley Show seeking Bush tickets, there will be none of those today on the program. So we will have to give away some Utah basketball tickets for tomorrow. And I do have an R&R gift card or a, a, a actually a, a, a Mo Betis Hawaiian gift card to give away today. But no tickets to see Bush today here on the Bill Riley Show. We'll have other concert tickets to give away in the very near future here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. But we do have a busy weekend when it comes to play-by-play stuff. We'll have the Utah women tonight playing up in Seattle and Washington where I was last week at Heckhead taking on the Huskies tonight or tonight at 8 o'clock. Tyson Ewing will have the call of that game for you. Tomorrow, I will have the call with Sean Mooney of Utah and Colorado. It's a big game for the Utah men tomorrow. It really is because they've got to begin to protect, not only protect home floor, but, you know, ease into this second half of the conference season and find a rhythm, a rhythm that they had early on. But, again, injuries the last couple of weeks have sidetracked that just a little bit. Will they have Lawson Lovering back tomorrow? That remains to be seen. When will Raleigh Wooster come back? That remains to be seen. But guys like Brandon Carlson and Davon Smith and Gabe Matson, these guys have to step their games up. These are really good basketball players, and Colorado's a good team. They're right in that same neighborhood as Utah. The Buffs will come in tomorrow at 15-6. and six. Utah's 14-7. and seven. The Buffs are 6-4 and four in the Pac-12. Utah's 5-5. Five and five. So two very evenly matched teams tomorrow. 3 o'clock tip time. We'll have a pair of tickets to give away to that one coming up in just a bit. And we'll have it for you right here on ESPN 700. Then coming up on Sunday at 1, the Utah women finish their Northwest Swing with a trip to the Palouse in legendary Beasley Coliseum in Pullman for a matchup with Wazoo. So that's our play-by-play action this weekend. And, of course, more next week and then the Super Bowl a week from Sunday. We'll have that game for you from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas with my Kansas City Chiefs square off against the San Francisco 49ers. So it's a little update on the programming side of things today. If you have something you'd like to talk about, feel free to bring it. 877-353-0700. That's the Dish Pros text line. If there's something you want me to talk about today or answer today or a topic you would like to broach today with me, I'd love to do it because, again, it's kind of a free-for-all Friday. Nothing really impending of huge deal or uh, – or um, overhanging that we need to, to discuss outside of maybe a jazz game last night. I have a couple of things. I was watching the jazz game last night, and obviously it was on TNT. So I got to see Chuck and Ernie and Kenny and Shaq doing their pre and half and post game stuff. And I was just thinking a little bit about it last night. We're in an interesting time in the NBA. 
because we're coming to the end of the LeBron James, Steph Curry era. It's really the LeBron era, but Steph's been in there too. LeBron's been in the league for 20 years. He's played at such a high level. He is arguably the best, if not the second best player in the history of the game. Depending on what metric you want to use, I believe LeBron James is the best basketball player to ever play. Now, Michael Jordan, killer, killer, uh, killer competitor and six and six, six for six in championships. But I happen to think longevity does mean something in this. Michael played 14 seasons. LeBron's playing at a ridiculous level still in his 20th season. But anyway, we can argue whatever point that might happen to be. We're coming to the end of that era, whether it's this year or next year or the year after. And LeBron has arguably been the face of the NBA for at least the last decade. You could say that Kobe Bryant was the face of the NBA early in LeBron's career, but LeBron has been the face of the NBA for the last decade. Who becomes the next face of the NBA? Is there, I mean, is LeBron still the face of the NBA? Or is there somebody else you would put in there as the face of the NBA? When you think of the NBA, is it still LeBron James? Because I think when, when you look at the NFL, it's pretty obvious who the face of the NFL is. It's Patrick Mahomes. Major League Baseball may be a touch harder, but I think Shohei Otani would probably be the face of Major League Baseball, though he's not won anything he is far and away the best player in baseball. He just got the largest contract in baseball, and he'll be playing in Los Angeles moving forward. Major League Soccer, the face of Major League Soccer, it's never really had much of a face, but it's it's very apparent now. It's Lionel Messi. He came to the league and set the league on fire in just two or three months on the pitch. Who's the face of the NHL? I like the NHL. I don't love the NHL. I don't watch very much NHL till the playoffs begin. And maybe maybe somebody out there could help me with this. Is it Nathan McKinnon? Is it Connor McDavid? Is it Pasternak from Boston? I'm, I'm just who would be the face of the National Hockey League? I'm not sure if I know that to be fair. Now again, not a hardcore NHL fan, but I watch the highlights on ESPN. I'll watch the occasional game and match during the season. Watch a ton of playoff hockey. But if you ask me today, who the face of the NHL is? I'm not sure I could tell you. But I'm more curious what you guys view as the face of the NBA. Because there's a lot of stars in the NBA today. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a star in the NBA. Nikolai Jokic, clearly the best player in the NBA. Should be a three-consecutive-time MVP had it not been for last year's voting. LeBron James, greatest player of his generation, greatest player of all time, still playing at a very high level and playing for the Lakers. Is it LeBron James? I don't think it's Steph Curry, though there might have been a time where Steph held that mantle for a few years. But who would you guys say is the face of the NBA? Does there need to be a face of the NBA? To me, the league's got to do a better job of marketing its younger players, but is there a face? I think we could definitively say who the three are in the NFL, Major League Baseball, and MLS. But I'm just at a little bit of a loss when it comes to hockey and when it comes to the NBA, who the face of the NBA would be, who the face of the NHL would be right now. So if you have a thought on that for me, feel free to share it at 877-353-0700. Jazz fell last night. Uh, the face of the game last night was Tyrese Maxey. Woo, man. 51 points for Tyrese Maxey. He was an absolute machine, especially in that first half. 
Probably the most impressive part of his 51 points with as often as the ball was in his hands and as frenetic as he played. If you watch Tyrese Maxey play, he plays fast. He plays downhill. He didn't have a turnover last night. That's impressive. For a guy that plays at the speed he plays, he did not have a turnover last night. Second 50-point game of the year for Tyrese Maxey. He had a 50-point game a couple of weeks ago. Tobias Harris picked up his slack with 28. Utah got a decent performance from uh, Lowry Markkinen. Colin Sexton was okay. Uh, the others didn't really help out. Jordan Clarkson, again, another weird offensive game last night. I think he was like 5 of 15 shooting last night. Did have 10 assists, but didn't score it very well. Jazz missed a ton, a ton of three-pointers. They were competitive. It was a good game. If you're going to be on, if you're going to be on the, at TNT, you don't want to get your doors blown off. They were competitive, but you kind of feel like without Joel Embiid on the floor, you would have loved to have won that game last night if you're the Utah Jazz. So they're still tenth in the West. They're 24 and 26 are the Jazz, and they'll have the Bucks coming to town on Sunday with a guy that perhaps is the face of the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Bucks have struggled a little bit as of late. It'll be a Dame Lillard return to, to the state of Utah with his new team, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. So that was that last night. The Jazz looked like they're going to be probably a play-in team. Um, they're going to they're hover in that 9, 10, 11 range probably for the second half of the season, but I can most definitely see them staying above that line and being a playoff team this year, which is not a bad thing. Get some of these young players some playoff experience. Pare down your roster just a little bit. Get rid of THT. You're probably going to deal Kelly Olenek at the trade deadline next week. Pare it down a little bit. Get some of the young people some uh, some more experience. Guys like Keontae George this year. It'll be interesting to see if they bring Chris Dunn back next year. Another year of age under his belt. Do they go out and make a play for a point guard? Or do they turn the reins over to Keontae George? We'll see. But I think the Jazz are going to be a playoff team if only just barely playing in at that 9 or that 10 in the play-in play spot. So they'll have the Bucks coming up on Sunday uh, downtown at the uh, at the Delta Center. And at 6 o'clock on Sunday, too, that's an odd start time on a Sunday. But I suppose if you're going to play on a Sunday, that's probably the best time to play and not in the middle of the afternoon. So that's out there today as well. Um, I've got a college football question I'm going to get to coming up in just a bit. We we examined the Big 12 schedule that came out the other day, and uh, many of you guys chimed in on that. It's it's a schedule. I don't think it's wildly favorable or unfavorable for the University of Utah in year number one. I looked at some other schools, too. I didn't see a lot that really stood out to me for BYU either. A bunch of people have said Colorado has got a very tough go of it. Maybe they do. We'll see what Coach Prime's able to do in year number two over at Colorado. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some college football coming up in just a bit, and you guys can sound off on that as well. 877-353-0700. If I asked you today, who are the faces of the leagues that are in this country, the professional sports leagues, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, and MLS? I've said... The NFL, it's Patrick Mahomes. Major League Baseball, it's Shohei Otani. Major League Soccer, it's Lionel Messi. But I'm not quite sure who I would put in as the face of the NBA today. Is it still LeBron or is it somebody else? And I really honestly don't feel like I've got any feel for who the face of the NHL is. I know there's a lot of good young players in the NFL or in the, in the NHL, but... 
I'm not sure who I would put as that face of the NHL. And I'm in the sports world, and I do follow hockey. And maybe that's a problem. If that's a problem for the NHL, that there's not a definitive guy. Or maybe I'm just missing it. We'll see. 877-353-0700 gets you in and on board on the text line today. This text comes in, says, Bill, the face of the NHL is Connor McDavid of Edmonton. The NBA is in transition, but it feels like it could be Wemby in the next in line. Maybe. Wemby's got to both play well, but also play for a good team, if that makes sense. I, I, I think he'll have a chance to be that. But if the, if the Spurs aren't winning much, it's hard to be the face of a league when your team isn't very good. But it could be. It could be. He's having a good rookie year. Text message, face of the NHL is Nathan McKinnon. Fastest player I've ever seen on the ice with a stick. The NBA face is still LeBron, even though he bugs me. Why does he bug you? I thought McKinnon might be that guy, too. Great player, two-way guy for uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. I watch a lot of Avs play. My best friend lives in Colorado. They love Nathan McKinnon over there. Um, so I, I had McKinnon McDavid down as possibly those guys. But I don't know. You guys, if you're, if you're hardcore NHLers, tell me who you think the face of the National Hockey League might happen to be. 877-353-0700. Text message. Hey, Bill. Maybe you can help me settle an argument about the greatest and biggest sports upsets ever. My buddy says the Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson. I say the biggest, biggest one is the miracle on ice. Anyway, just wanted to get your take. No, 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 no. Buster over Mike Tyson was a huge upset. I think Buster was 50 to 1, maybe. I watched that fight. I was in college at the time. One of the guys that lived in the fraternity house bought the fight on pay per view. We all chipped in a few bucks. And we actually had a party going that night. The fight was in Tokyo. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And I remember as the fight went along, it was very apparent that Tyson had not taken Buster Douglas very seriously, and James Buster Douglas was fighting for his life, or at least appeared to be. And he knocked him out, and it was huge at the time. But that's not the biggest upset of all time. It, it is most likely, in all likelihood, the miracle on ice. If you're comparing the two of them, it's the miracle on ice. You talked about, a, you, you had a bunch of amateur, amateur, American hockey players. They were all college kids. They were good college players, but they were a bunch of college kids playing arguably the greatest hockey team ever assembled in world history. 
a hockey team that had beaten them just weeks before 10 to 3 i believe was the final at madison square garden in an exhibition game beating them to it took it took 3 periods of hockey the thing about boxing is and make no mistake about it buster douglas was beating mike tyson in that fight before he knocked him out but in boxing, it takes one shot. It takes one punch. In a, in a team sport, it takes, you know, you're not winning that in one shot, in one punch. You've got to be there for the entirety of the game of the match. So while Douglas over Tyson was a huge upset, the Miracle on Ice was a bigger upset. It's an all-time, all-time upset. Text message. Hey, Bill, my friends and I were discussing this the other day and wanted to get your thoughts. When Scally takes over for Whittingham as head coach, should he promote Sharif Shaw, the defensive coordinator, or should he hire Jay Hill? I I think you promote within. Now, that's assuming Morgan gets the job. If we're playing this game and Morgan does get the job, I don't want to speak for that. I think he certainly has a great chance to get that job. But I think you promote within. It's fantastic that Jay has had great success everywhere he's gone, but there's been a lot of guys that also played at Utah that have had great success on that defense. Maybe it is Sharif Shaw. Maybe it's Lewis Powell. Maybe it's Colton Swan. But remember, much like Morgan Scally, it's you know it's ultimately going to be Morgan Scally's defense if he does get that. So no, I don't think you prom- I don't think you go outside to get a defensive coordinator. I think there's too much cohesion on that staff already. I think you would keep it in-house. Text message. Hey Bill, feels like when the Jazz face teams without their star player, they always find ways to lose, and that goes back to 2021 playoffs when the Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Also, how big do you think spring ball will be to get the backup quarterback situation figured out? Um, Unless they bring somebody in real soon, I'm not sure you're going to get the backup quarterback situation figured out. Unless you find a quarterback that's out there on the street right now or there's another portal moment that opens up Utah might not end up finding their backup quarterback the guy that's going to back be maybe the definitive backup to Cam Rising until you know later spring early summer now it will be big for Brandon Rose and if Isaac Wilson's able to go and the surgery and everything like that is is not that bad it will be big for those two guys because you heard Kyle Whittingham say Cam Rising's not going to be live in spring ball He'll be there. He's going to be doing everything. But much like most of those star players like Brant Keithy and a bunch of others, they're not going to make those guys live. They'll still go through practice every day, but when they come to scrimmages, you're not going to see Cam Rising or any of those star players that have been around for two, three, four, five years out there doing things. So I do think spring ball will be big for both Brandon Rose and Isaac Wilson, assuming he can be on the field. But... I'm not sure that that's going to be the be-all and end-all. I think they're going to try to find another quarterback somewhere along the line. Hey, Bill, the biggest step that was ever ever was was Rulon Gardner beating the Russian Bear. That was a big upset, too. 
But much, much like the boxing, you can win something like that, not necessarily by knockout, but by in a shorter period of time. I would still say USA hockey over Russia, greatest upset of my lifetime. Text message, hey, Bill, kind of like with the NBA and LeBron, I believe Sidney Crosby is still the face of the NHL, even though he's later stages of his career. Sid the Crid's still great, and he's a name, certainly. And he, he doesn't play in the hinterlands of Edmonton, so may, maybe he is that guy, although a lot of people think it's either McDavid or McMinnon, so, or McKinnon, I'm sure, I'm sure I should say. Text message, hi, Bill, but we lost the gold medal game. Would have made it better. What gold medal game are we talking about? In hockey? They didn't lose the gold medal game. They beat Finland in the gold medal game. The United States won the gold medal in the 1980 Olympics. They beat the Russians in the in the semifinals. And they beat Finland. They got down to Finland and and rallied to come back and beat them in the gold medal game. Text message. The NBA wants to be rid of LeBron and wants Doncic, Luka, to be the face, but it should be Jokic. For the NHL, it's McDavid. Okay. Another text message. Hey, Bill, Connor McDavid is the face of the NHL. All right. Fair enough. That's, again, I, I like the NHL. I like when I watch the NHL playoffs, but I, I'm not so hardcore into it that I would tell you. And to me, as an outsider, that's the question for me. And I don't say outsider in that I don't like it. I follow it and I watch it, but not hardcore. So that's why I had to ask. But the fact that I had to ask, is he really the face of? I think that's a little bit of a marketing problem if you don't have that definitive face. Maybe. But if you've got a bunch of good young players, that can help you as well. 877-353-0700 to get you in and on board today on the Bill Riley Show. Would you like to go see the Utes and the Buffs tomorrow? 3 o'clock start time, John M. Huntsman Center. Showdown of a couple of really good big Pac-12 basketball teams, soon to be big 12 basketball teams. We'll do this. Text the keyword FOUL. F-O-U-L, foul, right now, to 33986. Text the keyword foul right now to 33986. And you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Utes and the Buffs tomorrow. And if you can't, get your tickets at utahtickets.com. Or just simply listen to me and Sean Mooney with a call right here on ESPN 700. Text the keyword foul, F-O-U-L, right now to 33986. And one other suggestion for you today. With the rain and the snow coming back to Utah this weekend, if you're having any issues with your car or your tires, don't take any chances. Stop by a locally owned and operated Les Schwab Tire Center where for over 70 years they've taken pride in the performance and superior value they bring to their customers. They're trying to build customers for life, and maybe you already are. Maybe you already know about the quality and the service and the dependability Les Schwab Tires gives you. But if you don't, you should stop in and see them. Whether they're selling you a new set of tires 
whether they're tuning up your car, giving you an oil change, giving you an emissions inspection, whatever it might be. Their single-minded focus is on service at Les Schwab Tires and your customer satisfaction. So if you've been putting off getting those new tires, don't put it off much longer. Go online to LesSchwabTires.com and find a location near you. Stop in today or even this weekend. Make an appointment. Have them check your tires or have them get a set of new tires for you so you get around well in this wintry Utah weather. It's Les Schwab Tires. All right, let's grab a break. Tony Jones joins us on the other side. I'll ask Tony, is LeBron still the face of the NBA or is it somebody else now? Who should it be? We'll talk about that. The Jazz lost. The Bucks coming to town and more. Straight ahead with Tony Jones of The Athletic here on the Bill Riley Show on ESPN 700. To get the latest on the Utah Jazz with our insider Tony Jones of The Athletic on the Bill Riley Show. From breaking down games to injury updates, your best insight on the Utah Jazz and the NBA is right here. Now here's Bill Riley with our Jazz Insider and Georgetown's number one fan, Tony Jones, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Tony Jones joins us for his weekly hit on loan from The Athletic. Here on the Bill Riley Show today, lots to break down and talk about with TJ today. Tony Jones, if I asked you today, who is the face of the NBA in 2024, what would your answer be? LeBron James. Is that a good thing or a bad thing 20 years in, he's still the face of the NBA? It's a great thing. He's the most popular athlete on earth. I'm not sure if he's the most popular athlete on earth, but he's certainly the most pop, one of the most popular athletes on earth and maybe in the United States as well. Maybe Messi has an edge over him. But, again, we, we can argue that a different time. So if, if he's still the most popular or the face of the NBA, how long does that remain till he retires? Uh, which yeah, for as long as he's, is, uh, is he's um, there. And he, I mean, it might be after he retires because I think that, you know, once he does retire, he's, you know, I think he's going to uh, be an owner, um, and that's going to keep him, you know, relatively close to uh, to, to the spotlight. But you know, the, the the question that the NBA has to ask itself is, you know, who's who's the guy after LeBron leaves, and you know, and I think that that's uh, something that that still needs to be sorted out because, truthfully, I don't think that anybody's really you know, step to the forefront for that. Well, they've done it with their play. I mean, Jokic should be a three-time MVP right now. He's not. He's a two-time and a runner-up last year. You've got Giannis, who's there as well. Big smile. Got a championship to his name. and an M- I think he's got a- an MVP. And you've got uh, you've got uh, uh, Doncic as well. So there's there's some guys there. And there's some young guys coming up as well. There's a, uh, you know, a Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Anthony Edwards, guys of that ilk. But... Who would you say would be the most likely next face, or do you even see one right now? Well, the, the problem with Jokic is just that you know he's, you know, the, it, it's it's much more than being the best player in the league. You know, LeBron's the best oh, yeah. player in the league, but he's also, or LeBron was the best player in the league for you know the bulk of twenty years. You know, but it, you know he's, um, uh, he's he's also, you know. Uh, he's also one of those guys that you know can is is really media savvy and you know really media friendly, 
Um, and that's not Jokic. And, you know, truthfully, it's not Luka Doncic. It is Giannis, uh, though. It is Giannis. It is, it is Giannis, you know, but I kind of wonder about, you know, you know, just kind of the, the level of play. Like, he's not dominating uh, the league um, like Jokic did, uh, like Jokic has or like LeBron did. You know, so it has to be, you know, kind of a confluence of both things. I think the the closest thing that we have right now to a true face after LeBron is is Anthony Edwards. Okay. Uh, you know, I think that he's the guy that you know is is media savvy enough. I think that he's going to be you know all over, you know, all over the place in terms of commercials. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got a great smile. Um, uh, he's he's a great 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 basketball player. Um, you know, I think that he's he's got you know as close to the whole package uh, as as you can as you can have uh, in terms of being like a true face of the league. Do you need to have that guy if you're the NBA, or can you just have a good good a great group of young talent that you can promote a, across the board? Well, I mean, I think you I think it helps, right? Yeah. Because, you know, Mahomes is the face of the NFL. Um, does baseball have a true face? I think Otani is that guy. I I, I, I do know, I, I do Otani believe I, I think it is Otani. I, I, even though he doesn't, you know, you don't see him doing a lot of interviews and stuff. I, I kind of feel like, and, and and again, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for baseball either. But I do think it's probably Otani. I was talking about this with the right. NHL. I don't know who the face of the NHL is. Now I'm not a hardcore NHL well, fan, but I know who good players I still think are. Sidney Crosby. I still think it's okay. Sidney Crosby with the So somebody said that earlier too. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you think of the NHL for the last uh, for the last two decades, and you think of excellence, and, and you think of and you think of me, and you know, think of you know, that's the guy who's you know probably going to you know challenge with some of the you know some of the stuff that Gretzky was able to do, um, you know, him and Ovechkin, uh, you know, so you know, I think that Crosby's probably still the guy in the NHL. Um, I, I agree with you on Otani, and I, I think that you know Mahomes is, you know, the obvious face of of the NFL, and you know, and I think that when LeBron does retire, then you know, got to be, got to be somebody that steps up in his place. Tony's with us today. The Jazz lost last night to an Embiidless Sixers team, but Tyrese Maxey is beginning more and more to announce his presence as maybe. Not just a great player, but a superstar player. 51 points, Tony. And the way he plays, amazing. He had not one turnover last night either. He's um, a real package of, of, of speed and explosion, you know, but also a real technical blend of footwork uh, and skill set that, that makes him really difficult to guard because, you know, it's, it's really hard to guard guys with his physical dimensions that can just get anywhere they want to go off the dribble uh, at any point. And, you know, he's able to to get into the lane, get to the basket, finish at and above the rim. Uh, he's got, you know, a great assortment and blend of finishes, but he's got, you know, a unique blend of footwork uh, that's not all that common in, in guys his size. And, you know, he's, 
He's terrific off the bounce. Uh, he's he's got a real unwavering confidence. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have a long memory. Um, so if he misses a few shots, you know he's not going to stop shooting. You know, and the and the Jazz didn't defend him well. Hmm. You know, in the NBA, you have to defend a guy really well for 48 minutes. So, you know, if you let that guy see a big basket early. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know, it's going to be really difficult for, for you know, that team to shut that guy's water off that night. So what happened last night, you know, Tyrese Maxson came out, you know, before you could blink, he scored the first eight points of the game. And, you know, by the end of the first quarter, he, you know, lathered up. He felt very comfortable. Uh, he was seeing a big basket. And, you know, other than Chris Dunn, you know, in the third quarter, it was it was very difficult for for, for the Jazz to to do anything with him. Um, you know, he's he's a really really terrific player. Uh, I had a really you know really cool conversation with him um, last night in the locker room after the game. You know, talked about him being the twenty first pick and you know how far he's come from that and you know some of the things that that happened last night when. You know, before the game, when he found out that he, uh, when he found out he he was named to the to the All Star game for the first time of his career, you know, it was um, you know, it was really a good night for him, and it was a good night for the Sixers, and the Sixers needed that because they, had, you know, like they had lost four in a row, so you know they kind of needed a win. But, you know, the Jazz didn't defend him well, and they didn't come out and they didn't do the the, the right things uh, to to. You know that to to make him struggle offensively, and when you don't do that, you know to, to a guy that that's that at that level as a scorer and that level as an offensive player, you know in the, today's league that guy's going to really make it back. To be fair, though, who do the Jazz have on their roster that you would point at and say you're, you're going to lock down Tyrese Maxey tonight? You know, I mean, you have Chris Dunn, but yeah. you're not going to play Chris Dunn for 48 minutes. Nope, like that's just happen but it's more it was more than okay who do we have the lockdown first done it's you know allowing him to walk into uncontested three-point shots you know, in the first five minutes of the game those are the kind of things that that you know get a score comfortable um you know it's going under screens in the first five or six minutes of the, of the first quarter, which is what, what the Jazz were, you know, inexplicably doing because, you know, every 
everybody knows that he's a three-level scorer. So it's more than, hey, we, we don't have anybody that can guard you. And, you know, it, it was a lot more last night to, you know, we didn't even, we either didn't have the right scheme or we weren't executing the scheme. And it led to some very, very easy uh, rudimentary stuff for him in the first quarter. And then once, you know, by the time the Jazz were like, oh, my God, we got to stop this guy, you know, he was in such rhythm that, you know, that, you know, stopping him just wasn't happening. To be fair, the Jazz have been a bit, a bit allergic to defense all year long, not just against Tyrese Maxey. And that's something that yeah. has to be fixed moving forward with Will Hardy's guys. And maybe it's a changeover in philosophy later this year when you flip the roster or get these guys a little more experienced together. But the Jazz have not been a good defensive team, whether it was last night or most nights this year. Right. You know, they haven't been a, a good defensive team. And, you know, I think uh, the last three games have been, you know, particularly particularly um, worrisome if, if you're a Jazz fan. I mean, they, they just haven't, you know, they just weren't really good against the Nets. They weren't very good against the Knicks. Uh, and, you know, they certainly weren't very good last night, even though, you know, that game came down to the final possession. So, you know, it, Will Hardy touched on it a little bit in this press conference after the game. You know, the attention to detail that was there when the Jazz went, you know, on their run, you know, it hasn't been there uh, in, you know, in the last, you know, week or so. Um, and, you know, and this is a team, you know, and I, I think I wrote about this last week, you know, this, this, this is a, a very little margin for error basketball team, you know, so it's a team that's capable of playing, you know, good basketball and, and capable of being a good team, but, you know, they can't roll out of bed into it. You know, they don't have that kind of talent. Tony Jones. You know, so. Okay. On loan from the athletic with us today here on the Bill Riley show. Um, so we're, we're inside of a week to the trade deadline Tom. What does the jazz roster look like a week from today? Who's gone, do you think? If you're hazarding a guess who could be on the move, I don't think it's a lot. I can't see an overhaul. I can't see Danning going nuts, wheeling and dealing at the deadline, maybe this summer. But who who would you hazard a guess that the phone's ringing about in the Jazz offices right now? Um, I think Kelly's the most like Kelly Lynch's probably most likely to be gone. Um, you know, m- maybe they get something done with Jordan Clarkson. Uh, maybe they don't, um, you know, but other outside of those two, um, you know, maybe they find something with Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, maybe they don't. Um, I, I, I would err on the side of, I think Colin Sexton will be here. Um, you know, I know that, he, you know, he's been talked about a little bit, um, but I, I think, you know, if if there's one guy on the roster who I think uh, has the best shot to, to to be traded, I think it's Kelly Olynyk. Just simply because he fits in just about any team and any culture, right? Yeah, you know, he, you know, he's a seven footer who can play multiple positions, uh, really shoot the ball. Um, you know, he can start, he can come off the bench. You know, I, I just think that um, his skill set you know, is, is really viable. Um, 
you know, and Jordan's skill set is really valuable, but it's it's also very specific. Uh, so he's not going to fit everywhere. I think Kelly's a fit um, in a lot of spots. So I, I would I would get Kelly. Um, Tony Jones with us for a couple of more minutes here. I I asked Gordy this question the other day. I'll ask you as we sit here with roughly you know thirty some games to play in the season. Um. Who would you say are legitimate championship contenders? How many legitimate championship contenders in the East and West do we have right now? Well, I can tell you that my Knicks are. It's funny you say that because Gordy said that too, and I kind of scratched my head, and then Bowler Bowler agreed. So I guess all three of you NBA guys say it. Maybe the Knicks actually are a championship contender. They are very, very, very good. And... Jalen Brunson has uh, raised his level even beyond last year. Um, he's he's really really good, and um, they have uh, you know so much versatility defensively. Uh, they have a lot of size and a lot of length. Um, you know, I think they're going to get Mitch, Mitchell Robinson back. You know, so they're going to get their rim protector, the rim protector back. Um, if I were them, I would try to be trading. I would try to trade for Jordan Clarkson because I think that Jordan, I think that that's what they need. They need one more ball in hand guy off the bench uh, that could just go in and, and get 16 to 18 points a night. And I think Jordan is that guy. So, um, uh, I I definitely think the Knicks are, you know, I think Boston is the best team in the East, but I think the Knicks are uh, are there, and I think Milwaukee's there. Uh, we'll see what happens with Philly and Embiid, um, but I think Cleveland is there as well. And you know, in the Western Conference, I I would go, uh, obviously Denver, um, but the the Los Angeles Clippers have been, you know, maybe the best team in the NBA over the last six weeks. You know, so I would count them and, you know, and I would count uh, Oklahoma City and, and the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Really? Okay. So you've got you've got Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Gordy had Boston, New York, Philadelphia, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and he included the Suns. He said he yeah, didn't he, think... he didn't like Milwaukee. He thought they're they were a mess and he didn't like their bench. He didn't include Cleveland either. See, my definition of a championship contender is can I envision that team winning that conference? So when I do it by what, what I think, what I think it is, you know, I tend to have more teams than, than other people. Um, you know, so I can envision Cleveland winning the Eastern Conference. And I can envision, you know, in the East, I can envision any one of five teams winning. Okay. And West, I can envision the first four teams winning the conference. I can't envision the Suns winning the conference because I don't think they can, I don't think they're going to be able to get stops um, when when they get to a playoff level. I know they have the shot making Booker and Durant, but I also watch that, that Phoenix and Denver series. Um, last last year and 
you know, they had that same shot making and those guys, you know, pretty much uh, died after the fourth game in terms of, in terms of, of league level, um, because, you know, they don't have the defensive versatility to allow those guys. To, those guys have to both go out and score 40 points in the playoff game and they have to go and they have to defend the best players on the other team as well. And, uh, you know, you can't, you just can't do that for, for three rounds. I can't envision them doing that three rounds. So, um, you know, teams in the West, those first four teams, the Clippers, the Nuggets, um, the the Thunder and the Timberwolves, you know, those, those guys, you know, they, they're good defensively uh, and they're really good offensively as well. The Dan Quinn era has begun for your beloved commanders. Oh, Are you happy with the hire of Dan Quinn? And if not, who would you have liked to have seen the commanders hired? Well, I think the press release to read, hey, guys, uh, you know, we fired Ron Rivera. And uh, uh, come meet up to head coach Ron Rivera. <laughs> so you're saying they hired we, Ron Rivera 2.0? Yeah, we, we fired and hired the same guy. So, you know, the Ben the, the Ben Johnson thing was the to the shin. Um I really thought we were gonna get Ben Johnson and I was very, very disappointed when you know, we didn't in um you know, so I really need Dan Quinn to hire a good offensive coordinator. Um my my preference would be uh somebody like Clint Kubiak. Uh, out of the Kyle Shanahan tree. Uh, he, you know, he's called plays in the San Francisco offense. Uh, and I think that night offense has been really good. So, you know, I would look at Kubiak. Um, please do not hire Chip Kelly. I saw that report. Don't do that. Um, but, you know, go hire a really good and, you know, a really um, modern uh, and young offensive coordinator. Uh, somebody who's going to be able to come in uh, and work with the quarterback and, and work with the offense, and you know, and, and you know, I don't, I don't doubt uh, Dan's ability to build defense. He did it in Dallas. Uh, he obviously did it, uh, you know, with the with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Um, you know, so he's he's got a really good track record of building solid and, and spectacular defense. So. You know, I think that, you know, he's going to be able to do the same thing there. Uh, but you got to be able to score. That's so all. It just is. You can't you spend can your way to a Super Bowl. So, um, you know, we're we're going to need to, to, to score a lot of points as well. So, we need that. 35 years ago yesterday was a very important anniversary for many young children and teenagers and such. Uh, 35 years ago yesterday... Tecmo Bowl was released to the world, Tony. Do you remember playing Tecmo yeah. Bowl as a young man? Yes, of course. I had Bo Jackson, and he was unstoppable. Yes, he was a cheat code. Um, and then uh, I believe it was the Chicago Bears had that uh, that unstoppable play. If you, you ran it, you ran left, uh, no matter what, you were going to get a touchdown. Uh, what It was either the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers. One of those two had like the unstoppable play. Um, but yeah, I remember playing techno bowl as a kid. And I also remember playing 10 yard fight. That's it. Um, 
you know, so it was, uh, it was, they, those were definitely landmark games uh, that, that kind of went a long way to defining my childhood. Uh, Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge was almost always guaranteed to be a sack or a loss. Yeah. And dropping Joe Montana deep and sending, you'd back him all the way up to his end zone and then hit pass, and Jerry Rice would run past everybody and catch the bomb for a touchdown. Yeah. There were definitely cheat codes built into Tecmo. There were definitely cheat codes built into Tecmo Ball. And, you know, it was definitely one of those one of those games where um, it was definitely one of those games where, you know, everybody loved to play and, you know, you kind of go and, and, and do, you know, kind of have like, um, you know, parties with your friend's house oh, yeah. or whatever and sleepovers and, you know, and they were, they were, they were just great. Play till three in the morning. Yes. Which some people still do. Am I right, Tony? Well, I, I played two <laughs> K in the morning. <laughs> Not exactly Tech Mobile, but definitely no. 2K. Graphics a little better, but still fun, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a gamer. I've been a gamer for my for my whole my entire life. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Uh, enjoy the weekend and Bucks, Jazz, and more. And we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Tony. Tony Jones from the Athletic joining us to talk some NBA basketball. We'll have some trade deadline stuff to talk about with him and Gordy next week. Uh, with Gordy will come in studio with us here on the Bill Riley Show. We'll grab a timeout, but before we get a timeout, just a reminder, if you have any roofing issues, needs, or wants, Chipman Roofing is a locally owned and operated roofing contractor. Braden Chipman happens to own the company. He's got his name on it. And whether you need a full re-roof or a small roof repair, something done with your chimney, maybe a gutter, a soffit, something like that, anything that you need done on the roof, he even does decking on roofs. A lot of people put nice decks on their roofs, too. He can get all that stuff done for you and more. Just go to ChipmanRoofing.com or give him a call at 801-664-2906. The website will give you testimonials and gallery pictures and videos of the work they've done. And you can call Braden up directly and get that quote. Have him come out to your house and give you free inspection and quote, too. 801-664-2906 for Chipman Roofing. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. 22 stores here in Utah, and they are killing it. So if you love good Kahlua pork and steak and chicken, oh, on that great bed of rice, stop in and have it for lunch or dinner today. It is Mo Betta's Hawaiian. What's for lunch all week long here on the Bill Riley Show on ESPN 700. Text message. Hey, Bill, 
Heard you talking about Tech Mobile on yesterday's show. Just wanted to let you know there's a similar game on Apple Arcade called Retro Bowl. Lots of nostalgia and fun in your pocket. Ooh, I'll have to give that one a look. Now that I'm in the cult of Apple, I've moved away from the Android family and joined the cult of Apple. Maybe I can get Retro Bowl. Hmm. Text message. Lifelong hockey fan here, Bill, and a former player. McDavid is the best player in the NHL and the guy the league chooses to market. Unfortunately, he has the personality of a doorknob. The NHL has plenty of exciting young talent but faces a challenge when finding players that can help but draw attention to casual fans. See, that's that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. Just because you're the best player in the league doesn't make you the face of the league. It, it doesn't. And that's why we've had a couple of people say maybe it's still Sidney Crosby, which, again, gosh, Sidney Crosby's got to be, what, 35 now, 36? If only I had a computer in front of me that could let me look up his name and tell me how old he is. But, yeah, the kid's no longer a kid. He is now yeah, he's 36. It's kind of like LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's not the best player in the league anymore. But he, he probably is the face of the NBA. Thanks for that text message, by the way. 877-353-0700. Hey, Bill. Pete Thamel reporting today. The SEC and the Big Ten are creating an advisory committee for college football. Does the on-field product actually matter, or will it just be the schools that have the most value for the TV partners when the eventual Super Conference and Super League is, is, uh, is created? I'm not sure that that's what this is necessarily right now. I do. I read the story earlier. I do think that they are, you know, they're getting together, and I would hope maybe the Big Twelve could be part of this too. But they are the Big Two, and and I think they're trying to get together to try to protect the product that's on the field, honestly. But at the end of the day, if that super conference does come to be, it will be the schools that have the most value for TV partners. I mean, that's just how it is. It's about the dollars and the eyeballs. Generally, those schools also play some of the best football, too. But the question we're going to have to answer is, how many teams are in that super conference? Is that super conference consist of 50 teams? 60 teams? How is it split up? Is it kind of an AFC and an NFC, 25 on each side, 30 on each side? I still think we're a little ways away from that. But when the TV contracts begin to expire here soon in the next five or six years, that might be the next iteration we get. But the, the SEC and the Big Ten just signed new TV deals. So what they're doing now is plotting and planning for the future. But I did. I read that story earlier today, too, and I don't. I don't read anything nefarious into it. I just think that these are, we're the biggest two leagues out there. We ought to start getting together and planning a little bit for how we protect the game or how we move forward or what it looks like. But I, I can assure you, when that Super League time comes, it won't just simply be Big Ten and SEC schools. Now, a majority might be Big Ten and SEC schools, but there will be other schools in the mix. There will be. One more text and we'll grab a break. 877-353-0700. Hey, Bill, speaking of Retro Bowl, 
Go download Retro Bowl College on the App Store. You can play as the Utes. There's a college version of it, too? Hey, I like this. I'll have to give it a look. I, I just, here's my problem with gaming, and I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with this. You know, I don't play, I only play the sport. I've only always, always played the sports games, really. I never really got into the, you know, the shooter games, the Halos, and the, you know, the Red Dead, Dead Red Redemption and stuff. My son loved those games growing up. I was always Madden, you know, in the in the PlayStation era, kind of the Madden and Tiger Woods Golf. NBA 2K. I was terrible at FIFA. I was always awful at FIFA. But my problem when I would play those games is I would become obsessed. And I'm one of these people that can be a real night, late night owl. I'm trying not to be that as much anymore, but sometimes I am. I can get very easily addicted and drawn into the competition of the games. Like when the college football game used to be around before they did away with it, it's coming back. I used to speak, I would go into dynasty mode and build my college football program and recruit and all that stuff, it can become addictive. So I'm not sure I can put too many of these games on my phone. Anyway, thanks for the heads up, though. All right, we're going to head in. we get an open segment coming up here. We were talking earlier this week about the Big Big 12 schedule release. Which, which game... Utah fans, be this is, here's a great part of this. Now we can include both fan bases because they're in the same conference again. Is there a game on the schedule that you are most looking forward to this year as a Utah fan or a BYU fan? When the Big 12 conference schedule, maybe it's a non-conference game too, though I don't think Utah State, Southern Utah, or Baylor are going to be, anyway, maybe it is. But is there a game on the upcoming schedule a Big 12 game that you're looking forward to in particular, either tripping there or just looking forward to the matchup in particular. Hit me up and let me know. 877-353-0700. You guys know me. I've probably got a list, right? Yeah, probably so. Hour one is done. We're on to hour number two next. Ryan Fowler going to join us from the Senior Bowl. Let us know how guys like Bishop and Vaki are doing down there. And uh, we'll hear from you on the other side. Text line open, 877-353-0700. It is the Bill Riley Show on a Friday on ESPN 700. Bill Riley's got you covered on all things sports. This is the Bill Riley Show from the Valley Collision Studio. Let's get back to Bill on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Rain continues to fall here downtown. Bill Riley Show, ESPN 700. Hope you're having a good Friday, wherever you might be. Hopefully not working too hard on a Friday. We're just kind of doing a free-for-all. It's kind of a grab bag of things today. Uh, thanks to Tony Jones for jumping on board today. We're going to check in at the Senior Bowl, see how the local guys are doing down in Mobile, Alabama. Try to impress NFL scouts, improve their draft stock a little bit. Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network is going to join us in about 20 minutes or so. Everett Gray, Uncle Ev. Always love Uncle Ev's story time. Uncle Ev will come by in the 1 o'clock hour, talk some college of pro basketball with Everett of the program today here on Utah's number one sports type. But we're just kind of all over the map. I was asking you in the first hour of the program, faces of different leagues, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball, who are they? Who who should they be? I think there's a kind of a, a, a consensus that the NFL, it's Patrick Mahomes, Major League Baseball. Does anybody disagree with Shohei Otani? Even more so than I think Mike Trout. 
I can't think of anybody else who would be at this point in time. But the NHL and the NBA, I guess the NBA is probably still LeBron. He plays for the Lakers. He's the best or second best player in the history of the game, still playing at a high level. I don't think it would be anybody else. As Tony said, you know, you've got the you've got the Jokic's and Doncic's and Giannis's who are all good players, but not really those guys that you would say are the face of the league. Maybe that changes when LeBron retires. And the NHL, I, again, I was I'm a hockey fan, not a diehard, but you know, for years it was a Gretzky or it was a Yager or it was a you know whomever. And today I'm not sure. I know who the good players are, but who would you say is the face of the NHL? Most people have come to the consensus that maybe it's still Sidney Crosby, who can still play, but he's. Not on the level that he once was. So we can get to that today. And, and again, if you're a Utah fan or a BYU fan, we got we talked about the schedule that was released the other day. And there's a lot of excitement, as, as there should be, uh, with the new league, obviously new for Utah this year, second year going in for BYU. A lot of expectation for Utah because many people think that they'll be the favorite to win that league next year. I'm, I'm not going to say that yet, though I think they're among the top two or three for sure. Let's see how the rest of the portal shakes out. But if you've, if you've got a healthy Cam Rising... Brant Keithy plays, the guys that are expected to shine come back and do that. I, I think Utah could very easily be considered the preseason favorite in the Big 12. You know, we had, you know, Mac Engel, a buddy of mine from Fort Worth Star-Telegram on the other day, and I asked him that question. He said, oh, no doubt, it's Utah. Look at the track record. Look who they're bringing back. So may, maybe it is Utah. But anyway, I'm just simply asking you guys, as you've looked over the schedule now for a couple of days, and both the Utah and the BYU, you guys all travel well. BYU fans travel, Utah fans travel, and there's some good games on the schedule. What's the game you're most looking forward to this year? If you're a Cougar fan or a Ute fan, hit me up on the text line and let me know at 877-353-0700. Again, 877-353-0700. Might be a game you're just simply going to go to, which is great, or maybe it's a big matchup you're looking at on the schedule. And again, the Holy War is back, and it, it it has more than just bragging rights attached to it now. The Holy War is back with meaning to it now, conference championship type. Of, I don't think it will be championship implications this year for BYU, but they should they could certainly play party, you know, party spoiler and uh, keep Utah maybe from winning it if they beat them. Anyway, what is it for you? Hit me up on the text line. Let me know. 877-353-0700. That gets you in and on board on the Dish Pros text line today on the Bill Riley Show. You guys know me. I like a good list, so I can't just give you one. My top three games I'm most looking forward to this coming year, number one, the Oklahoma State game. been telling you guys if you're making a road trip this year, go to, go to, go to Stillwater. Great college town, good atmosphere, Boone Pickens Stadium, and maybe the best two teams in the Big 12 facing off at a Big 12 opener. Number two for me, the Arizona game here, which is, by the way, a week later at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Noah Fafita coming back and some of the key players for Arizona. A lot of people like Arizona maybe as a contender in the Big 12 this year. And then number three for me, BYU. Now, I love the rivalry game, and I, I love that they're back in the same conference again. I just don't think it will have the same meaning, big picture in the conference next year as those first two games do. But, yes, I am very much looking forward to calling yet another Utah-BYU classic Holy War rivalry game up at Rice-Eccles Stadium in early November. So those are my three. Oklahoma State 1, Arizona 2, and BYU 3. Where do you guys stand with it?
877-353-0700 on the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number one sports talk. Text message. Big 12 games I'm looking forward to, Bill. BYU, Oklahoma State. BYU is the only good home game. BYU is the only good home game. Bit of a letdown. Might trip to Florida as my son served a mission in that area. That that would be fine. I mean, you, I'm just going to tell you, UCF is not going to Florida or Florida State or Miami. It's a solid program. They've got a good fan base. They've got an enrollment at that school of like 65,000. But it's – BYU, by the way, is not the only good home game. Arizona is going to be a good home game for Utah. I'm going to tell you that TCU is going to be a good home game for Utah. And don't be surprised if – I've said this the other day. Don't be surprised if Iowa State isn't a very good, very competitive home game too. Matt Campbell's teams play hard now. They aren't great every single year, but by the time the end of the year comes around, they're usually right in the thick of it. And that game's at the end of the year at Rice-Eccles this year. Hey, Bill, I'm most excited about the Utah-BYU game. Way too early for a prediction, but I'll do it anyway. Ute 77 to nothing. Game ball cam rising. <laughs> okay. That would be a bit of a blowout. Text message. Hey, Bill. I'm most looking forward to the trip to Stillwater. Pokes have been a perennial contender in the Big 12 for years, and a win on their turf would be a statement win to kick off conference play and a new era for Utah football. Absolutely. That, that's why it was number one on my list, too. Plus, if you're going to the game, it's probably of the road games going to be the best atmosphere, great college town, the whole thing. I don't think you can go wrong with that trip to Stillwater. Text message, hey, Bill, Cam Rising, it better be really good this year or else he'll catch a lot of grief. Well, that just goes along with the position of playing quarterback. But if he's healthy, what would lead you to believe he wouldn't be good? In the seasons that he's played, Cam Rising has been good to very good for Utah, so I don't know that he would necessarily go backwards. Really, it's all a matter of health with Cam, and he seems to be healthy and ready to go, so. Text message, game I'm looking forward to, Bill, TCU. Some distressing memories from 2010 on the field and in the stands. It'd be nice to beat the Horn Frogs again. I get it, but let's not forget Utah had some big classic wins. Let's not forget 2008 over TCU, one of the great comeback wins in Utah football history, the blackout night at Rice-Eccles Stadium. So, yes, I, I remember that. That late October day, was it late October, early November? It was maybe early November day when the camo uniforms were broken out for the first time and last time. Let's dwell on other things. 877-353-0700. Hey, Bill, no list for me. It's just the rivalry game. It's about time we get back at it with the team down south. Well, it's only been a couple of years. Now, if you're saying get back at it as conference, you know, fellow conference members, I agree. I think that part's great. But let's not act like Utah hasn't played BYU since they joined the Pac-12. We've had some memorable games with the Cougs in both Provo and Salt Lake City since they were in separate places. But it's good to have them back again because rivalry games are what college football and college sports are all about. 
But when you've got a rivalry game within a conference, that adds another layer to it. So, yes, I'm with you. Let's get back at it. I love college. They're my favorite games. They are. So many of my best and favorite calls as the voice of the Utes have been that game. And I'm sure we'll have more of those coming up. Text message, Bill, of more immediate concern to me is who will be the Utah basketball coach when they start Big 12 play? It will be Craig Smith. Why are we all of a sudden down on Craig Smith? His team is still being projected as an NCAA tournament team by all the bracketologists. They're 11 and 0. I just got a stat. I'll just bring this up real fast. You're going to get me riled up here because I'm a Craig Smith guy through and through. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Evan Miyakawa. He's a kind of a college basketball analytics guy. Evan does a good job. He's been on the show before. Put out a piece this morning. Best home court advantages in college in the country this season. You can go to evanmiya.com. Number one, Utah. Number two, Virginia. Number three, Arizona. Number four, Iowa State. Number five, Houston. Go down the list a little bit further. Number 12, Colorado. Number 13, Oregon State. Number 15, New Mexico. But on that list, by the way, just FYI, this was next year. Four of those five would be Big 12 basketball schools. Utah's basketball team is a good basketball team. They are still very much in the hunt for an NCAA tournament appearance. So Craig Smith will be the coach when they begin Big 12 play next year. So that would be my answer to you. 877-353-0700. Get you in and on board today on the Bill Riley Show. Keep those text messages coming in. By the way, tomorrow... Colorado and Utah at the John M. Huntsman Center, pregame at 2 and a 3 o'clock start time. That's a big game for both teams, by the way. If Colorado, Colorado's been a lot like Utah. The real difference between Colorado and Utah was they, they, got, they got one on the road last week, and Utah did not. 
They got one at Washington and Utah did not. But other than that, these teams have been pretty mere images. Actually, Colorado hasn't even played as good a schedule as Utah. So, tomorrow will be a big game. For Colorado, it's can we steal a road win. For Utah, it's can we get back to winning ways. And they've been really good at home this year. And they've had a full week of practice to rest, heal, and kind of get some stuff done. So, 2 o'clock pregame, 3 o'clock start time right here on ESPN 700. By the way, if you're looking for a great spot, Maybe to watch that Utah game tomorrow. Or just hang out and have a good time with some friends. About time pub and grub with locations from Vineyard to Ogden. More TVs than tables in those bow time places. Outstanding drinks. Try the mule when you go in there. Mule's outstanding if you like a good cocktail. Great selection of craft beers, including the Riled Up Red from Proper Brewing Company. Grab a Riled Up Red when you go into prop bout time. The nachos, the wings, you name it. They've got great food at bout time. And you never quite know what you might see at bout time. Might see a bunch of folks trying to enjoy a game. Eh, occasionally, you might see something break out. You never know. It's the beauty of bout time pub and grub, and they're all over the valley. Great spots to watch games, hang out with friends, have a good meal and more. It's Bout Time Pub and Grub. Go to bouttimepub.com for locations, menus, and more. It's Bout Time Pub and Grub. All right, we're going to grab a break on this Friday. When we come back, we'll check in in Mobile, Alabama. See how the local guys are doing at the Senior Bowl as they try to improve their draft stock. Guys like Satawa Laumea, Sione Baki, Cole Bishop. Kingsley Sumataya. Our guy Ryan uh, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network will join us coming up next on this Friday on ESPN 700. You're listening to the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This is the Bill Riley Show presented by Les Schwab Tires on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Halfway home here on a Friday. Overcast, rainy here in Salt Lake City today as uh, we push on through. Uh, Everett Gray is going to join us to talk some college and pro basketball just after 1 o'clock. We'll get some more of your text messages in in just a bit as well. Thought we'd check in, though, in Mobile, Alabama, where some guys with local ties as well as some of the best uh, upperclassmen, soon-to-be draftees in college football are practicing this week. We'll be playing in the Reese's Senior Bowl this weekend. Ryan Fowler joins us throughout draft season every year, and he's back in Mobile again this year uh, for the Bleacher Report and others. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, Bill. Appreciate you having me on. So um, you've been down there a few days. They've been practicing a handful of days now. Uh, what's the what's the vibe in Mobile, and who's kind of who's kind of popped so far this week? Yeah, absolutely. Mobile it, it separates itself for among the all of the other premier draft showcases. You know, you have the Shrine Bowl and of course the Hula Bowl, Tropical Bowl. There's a lot of bowls <laughs> in the pre-draft showcase, but Mobile and Jim Nagy and his staff do an excellent job of really getting the best talent possible. Usually it's just seniors, and now you saw a couple underclassmen as well come there and compete in Mobile this week. Now practices are over; they have nothing today. We got the game tomorrow. Some guys, a lot of guys, are not going to play um, with what they showed in practice this week, but. Really, the focus down here, Bill, has been on the offensive linemen. You know, the focus of guys like Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, Talise Fuwaga from Oregon State, Kingsley Swimatia, right, from BYU, a local guy from out there. 
every one of those guys did not hurt their stock. And that's what you want to not do, right? You don't want to come to one of these events and hurt your stock. You want to continue to build and come here and compete and ultimately raise your stock. And specifically for me, those three guys, potential all three first rounders, and I fully expect Elise and Tyler Guyton to be potential both top 15 to top 20 picks in this in this thing. That is really what the focus has been down here in Mobile. It's been the big boys getting after each other to where they've been extremely competitive from day one to day two to day three. So those those big boys getting after each other, you really appreciate just the athleticism and the mobility, the functionality of how they move at that size. It's, it's truly unbelievable to see up close, and they were really – Compete their tails off here these, these first three days of practice. Most people have seen Kingsley as an early second, potentially late first. Does participating here this week, has he done enough to maybe push himself into the first round or maybe some work to do with a with a pro day? No, I think he absolutely has, Bill, and I would not be surprised uh, if he goes early day two, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes at 21 or 22. Um, you look at him as a young kid, that right, highly recruited guy that goes to Oregon, ends up at BYU, and comes down here and competes his tail off all week long. And I didn't see anything in his game where I look at it and say that's a major concern, whether it's his hands, whether it's his feet, whether it's his ability to drive guys off the ball in the run game. You watch him in pass pro drills, one-on-one against guys maybe 240 pounds and a guy that's 260, 265 pounds. His ability to counter different types of skill sets at that position at such a young age. And look, the best football for him is down the road. That might be maybe next year or maybe four or five years down the line. And if you're an NFL talent evaluator and all 32 teams are down here seeing this guy compete and want to show up and showcase himself as a potential first-rounder, it's exactly what you want to see. And I would not be surprised at all, Bill, if Kingsley goes on day one in April. Another uh, guy with local ties on the offensive line, Utah offensive line. He played tackle, probably more an inside guy at the next level, Satawa Laumea. Has he made any impact? Have you seen him at all this week? Yeah, he looked good. He's a big, strong dude, Bill. Absolutely. Up close, you get appreciation for him. He's a He's a mauler, in my opinion. Um, he is someone that you know what you're going to get, right, out of the Kyle Whittingham program. You're going to get a leader. You're going to get a guy that's well-coached. You're going to get a guy that's going to show up with his lunch pail to work and just compete his tail off, whether it's offense, whether it's defense. So you look at you look at Satoa and what he's done this week at guard and at tackle. As you mentioned, he lived at tackle for Utah. But that versatility, I think, matters a bunch, right, when you look at the NFL. You can't just come in and be a one-position guy if you're not a, you know, unless you're a top 15, top top 20 pick. And that versatility inside out, the ability to drive guys off the ball in the run game, I think his hands are sensational. You saw some guys try to use spins, different kind of rip moves and swims and bull rush him. He can sink that butt in the ground and stick his cleats in the dirt and just stymie guys and bring his hips to the, up, the, the opponent's hips and stop the guy's feet. So Toa, I think, had a good week. Um, I, I like him a bunch moving into the latter portions of day two, early portions of day three. And for a team out there that needs that guard tackle versatility, a guy that at any spot can start for you and also earn spots elsewhere, that that versatility is king in the NFL. Ryan Fowler is our guest. He's on the ground in Mobile, longtime NFL and college football analyst down there covering for Bleacher Report. And uh, Utah's got a couple of safeties down there, although one of those guys is getting a look at more than just safety this week, too. What's been the buzz around Cole Bishop and maybe maybe even more interestingly around Sione Vaki? Yeah, Cole, look, we in the summertime, talking to scouts, Cole had some day one grades heading into the year. Um, I don't think he goes on day one. I don't think anybody expects him to, to hear his name, you know, when we kick this thing off on Thursday, night one in April in Detroit. But I like what a Cole does at multiple levels. And I think he's someone that's a multi-phase contributor, meaning he can compete on defense and then special teams comes out and he's chasing guys down at Gunner or what he, whatever he wants to do on special teams. It's just 
those guys matter in the NFL. And you look at him from a functionality perspective as far as what he offers. He looks the part. He's athletic. He can run. He's got some length to him, and he's not afraid to come downhill and play that robber spot over the middle of the defense and cover tight ends, cover running backs. So if you got to cover receiver, he can do that too. And, and for Sione, one of the most versatile uh, players in this entire class. And I think he has one of the more interesting profiles of anybody as well. I mean, guy can play safety and he can play running back. Who knows if he does some taste in the hill type of stuff that we've seen the creativity that new Orleans and, and his career as well on offense, but Sione for teams, he's been asked, do you want to play safety or do you want to live at running back? And I think he's ultimately be able to make that choice at the next level. But then the day, if a team needs potential pop in the secondary or pop in their running backs room, why not get a guy like Sione on day three to come in and compete and potentially you know, kill two birds with one stone with a guy like Sione that you know has that athletic profile, going to come in and compete and be tough for you as well. Well, there was going to be a real qu- – had he come back to Utah, Ryan, there was going to be a real question as to what Kyle Whittingham did with him. Utah, as you know, was so beat up this year offensively. They were down – they brought him over. Now, this kid was an unbelievable all-state Northern California offensive player, receiver, running back. They brought him over – and if you watch the tape this year, it's unbelievable. Every time he touched the ball, uh, it felt like there was a big play for the Utah offense. So we talked about this. We're like, you know, generally Kyle Whittingham moves guys from offense to defense and then they thrive. But would he actually move somebody from defense to offense because this guy's got unbelievable speed, um, his, 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 his ability to change direction in the open field, put a foot in the ground and change direction. He made USC look silly on a few plays. It was really going to be interesting. Now, does the versatility hurt him or help him when it comes to being a day two versus day three guy? I think it ultimately helps him, Bill. I really do. I think when you get guys that do a multiplicity of things, whether it's in the college level or the NFL level, you're getting guys. Now, for for example, I think Travis Hunter from Colorado, what he does as a receiver and as a corner is really going to change how we look at certain prospects that go both ways. We've seen it a lot in baseball as far as guys that can pitch and hit. But a guy like Sione that can play the secondary and then has that physicality as well to where he's not afraid to run through you or around you as a running back, I think it ultimately helps him. You mentioned the athleticism, not just straight line speed, but to make guys miss in space. And then you can also bring him in on a third and one, third and two, or at the goal line and say, Sione, we got to get in the end zone. Get us, get us there. And he could do that as well. So that versatility, in my opinion, absolutely helps him. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Fowler here on the Bill Riley Show today. Big picture. You mentioned offensive line is the deep group down there. Now, there's a handful of quarterbacks that are guys that are probably early day two guys, if not late day one guys that are down there, guys like Penix and Nix and Hartman and some others. Have you seen enough of the quarterbacks? We all know who's going one. That's going to be Caleb Williams. In all likelihood, Drake May, too, followed by Jaden Daniels. But, you know, it really begins at number four for a lot of these guys. Are the quarterbacks doing enough to make a, uh, an impression this week? For me, they did not overall, and that's what you want to see from these guys come down here and compete, and I respect all these guys that come down here and suiting up and, and in this vanilla offense that they run down here in Mobile to where you're not going to see the Senior Bowl a 35-30 game. You're not going to see an old Big 12 type of shootout. You're going to see usually a 10-7 game run really by the defensive guys. But what I saw from Michael Penix this week and Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler I thought was the best quarterback down here consistently day one to day three. There weren't a lot of balls on the turf, Bill, but – there wasn't a lot. There's a lot of conservatory quarterbacking, a lot of game manager type of stuff. And specifically when I look at Bo Nix and a guy that's getting some buzz middle of the first round, late day one, as you mentioned, and where is he going to go? And the questions heading into this week were, 
Is Bo Nix going to be able to come to a neutral environment with receivers that he's never worked with and be able to showcase some ability to be not just a game manager, be efficient that he was at Oregon with the guys on the outside, but also be able to push the ball down the field with some success and some consistency? Because, look, he only had five turnover-worthy plays this year in the Pac-12, and the stats look great. Potential Heisman Trophy winner right this year. Of course, that went to Jaden Daniels with Michael Penix as the runner-up. But how are teams going to measure him being that Alex Smith type of game manager, which is fine, but do you take that guy potentially in the middle portions of the first round and if you don't have confidence of him pushing it down the football field? So overall, I didn't see a ton from the quarterbacks really move the needle for me. You know, we have years of tape from these guys at multiple schools for a lot of them, right? Nick's from Auburn to Oregon, Penix from Indiana to Washington, of course, Rattler as well. And of course, Sam Hartman from Wake to Notre Dame. But overall, the quarterback's a little underwhelming for me, Bill. Um, but look, a vanilla offense down here, a lot of checkdowns and just taking care of the ball as much as they can. But it was an underwhelming week for me from a quarterback's perspective. Saw you post earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, your biggest winner so far this week. I had no idea who Dylan Lobby was. I had to look up where the hell he was from, New Hampshire. I'm sorry. I didn't follow a lot of New Hampshire football. I'm sure Chip Kelly did, but I did not. I'm very aware of Jackson Powers Johnson. Might have been the best offensive lineman in the Pac-12 this year. I'm aware of Roman Wilson because I'm a Kansas guy. I'm aware of Austin Booker, although he's had a big week and caught a lot of people off guard. Jaquan, Jaquan Jackson, a wide receiver. So those are your five guys that really caught your eye this week. Absolutely. And I'll start with, with Dylan Lobby from New Hampshire. You know, a lot of people sometimes look at the helmet, right? And they say, oh, wait, he's a New Hampshire guy. Can he play? And he came down here with the big boys and he showcased extremely well. He is the most nuanced route runner, electric in space. Uh, third down threat immediately for an NFL team. There's nobody in this class that can match him. Maybe Bucky Irving from Oregon as far as that electricity and space as a route runner. And I would really argue, say, that he's one of the best route runners in this in this class, in my opinion. So he, he's he's comparable? Separate. He's comparable to Bucky Irving for you? Because I saw Bucky Irving a lot out this direction, called a lot of Utah-Oregon games. And if he's similar, that's a, it's a great comp for Dylan Lobby. I think there's a similar skill set. I'm not gonna. I like Bucky personally more than Dylan. I think Bucky goes earlier, just specifically how I project the two. I think Bucky's gonna get some more carry specifically as a ball carrier than what I project Dylan to be. I don't think he's gonna be an RB one or two at the next level. I do think he's gonna be that immediate change of pace type of Jarek McKinnon, JD McKissick type of role to where he comes in and most likely lives as a, on passing downs and in space. Um, but I just think on on day three, he may even sneak into the back end of day two with how good he was extremely physical, extremely athletic. He's got excellent hands. He can rise above the rim and play bigger than his frame. Again, I mentioned the rocked-up frame that he's got. He's about 5'9", 5'10". I'm not the biggest guy in the world either, Bill. I'm about 5'9", as well. I'm looking eye-to-eye with Dylan, but he is just someone that just looks the part as well. Extremely smart kid. Wherever he goes, someone's going to get a heck of a young man and an immediate contributor, specifically within an offensive mind, excuse me, that is creative from their architecture perspective. And I also wanted to talk about Jackson Powers Johnson, Bill, because out of the 15 to 20 reps, he didn't practice on Thursday, 15 to 20 isolated reps that he had in the two days. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think he lost one. Maybe one. It is so easy for Jackson within the middle. I don't care if he plays center guard. The guy could probably play tackle if you had to in a pinch. But what he does at center, the leverage that he plays with, the movement that he has, the guy is built. you never seen Jackson Powers Johnson in person for the folks out there. Just go to your fridge and put a helmet on it. That's Jackson Powers Johnson. <laughs> he is an extremely impressive young man, a great kid, and just a heck of a football player. And It was really great to see him in person this week. Did any names, notable names, that our listeners might recognize hurt themselves this week? We always talk about guys helping themselves. Did anybody you see hurt themselves with their practice efforts? Yeah, I wanted to see more from Cam Kinchins, safety from Miami, who is arguably in the running to be the top safety in this class. I think after this week, that's that's firmly going to be Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Um, Cam, the issues coming in were, you know, what do you offer a defense when you're not that middle, that deep safety, right, playing, trying to play single high and roaming number to number and, and picking off the football? The instincts are great and the range is outstanding, and we know that the NFL values that a ton. But he's 5'11", barely 5'11", and the instincts and coverage in one-on-ones, he's getting smoked by a guy like Jaheim Bell over the middle of the field that you expect at least to run with him hip-to-hip. I didn't like what I saw as far as instincts in the run game and full team drills. So I did think Cam Kinchins came here and hurt himself. I still think he's a day-two guy. I just don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes at 35, Bill, or I wouldn't be surprised if he goes at 55 or 65. So I think Cam Kinchins hurt himself a little bit this week. When do we get the first Ryan Fowler mock? The mock will be out soon. It'll be in a couple weeks uh, on the draftnetwork.com for me. Is there any shot that you see anything but three quarterbacks going one, two, and three? Uh, I think I think all three could go top three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious to see what Washington does at two because I do think that they are – now all the teams you could say aren't just a quarterback away, but with new ownership, new GM, just hiring Dan Quinn as a defensive-minded head coach, we'll see what they do with the coordinator spots. They need a lot of help. And the picks that they have within the top 100, I believe they have five or six, and all the cap space that they have to make those additions. We'll see if they even want to say, hey, Sam Howell, you know, you're our guy this year. We'll move forward in 2024 with you. And then next year, where the quarterbacks are coming out next year, we'll see what Washington does at two. But I would not be shocked at all, Bill, if it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, one, two, three, make it easy, and the draft starts at four. So the draft starts at four. Have you done your value? You're probably still working on your value board. Who's your top value guy, not a quarterback, not named Caleb Williams? Oh, man, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. When I look at Sam Hartman, I liked his game, not at just Wake Forest, but, but also um, at Notre Dame. I think he's someone that's a little underappreciated in this class. He is not the guy that's going to wow you with a frame, wow you with the dual threat ability. I think he's someone that can absolutely come to the NFL and operate an offense to a T. Um, again, not going to be a starter right away in his career, at least I don't expect, but when we're in a league and you see – Josh Dobbs starting and Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley. And I'm not hating on those guys. It's just everybody sometimes needs that guy to come in and potentially raise the ceiling if you have to. And I think Sam is extremely mature. I think his success speaks for itself in college. I have a respect for guys that are mature at the position, can lead an offense and not just lead an offense, Bill, but come in as a, a 23, 24-year-old and, and lead an NFL locker room that has grown men with families. And that's different than leading 18, 19, 20-year-olds in college that are, that are worried about how am I going to pass my algebra test. So it's very, very different. But for me, 
Sam Hartman, as you move into day three, I think is a guy that I would like to have on my football team as a spot starter potentially. Who is your highest value player or guy you watch that's going to go maybe fourth, fifth, sixth that's not a quarterback? Meaning we know where the quarterbacks are. They're one, two, and three. Who, who's who's the first non-quarterback to be – is it Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is it the offensive lineman from Notre Dame? Is there a defensive player out there? Is it a Jared Verse? I don't know. But it, who who's the guy that's not a quarterback that gets drafted first? I think it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. I, I do. Uh, I, I wish – I wish it would be easy and we could say, you know, Chicago, stick with Justin Fields, try to build with the kid and put Marvin Harrison with, with uh, D.J. Moore, with the guys they have up front, with Braxton Jones, who's done a decent job, and he drafted Darnell Wright last year to Tennessee in the top 15 picks and, and build the thing up. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is my top player in this entire class. I'm not getting cute with his evaluation. Neither am I with Joe Alt. I think he's a technician in the position. You know what you're getting with guys that are Notre Dame. Even another Notre Dame guy to know on the opposite side of that line that people forget about, Bill, is Blake Fisher. Most likely will go in the second round. He can play his tail off as well. So for me, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. as the first non-quarterback to go in this draft. What separates Harrison Jr., say, from Roma Dunze, who I got to see and I was wildly impressed with the last couple of years? Is it just his size? I think it's everything. I just think you watch the guy play. And, and I will say this, Bill, is that I don't think there's a major, major gap between the Marvin Harrisons of the world and Roma Dunze. I think Roma's a sensational player, as I think with Malik Neighbors as well from LSU. I think all those three guys, for me, my top three receivers – are going to be studs immediately uh, at the next level. But Marvin, you just watch the kid, whether he's separating at, at the five-yard range, he's running a quick little curl, the nuance to his game, he can run by you, he can break you off, he can run through you, he can run around you, he can go over you. He could be a guy you give designated touches to on the outside. He's a guy you can throw the old fade ball that everybody hates in the red zone. He's going to go up and, and make a 50-50 catch into a 90-10 catch. And he's also just a heck of a kid. And I know everyone's going to say, well, He's Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison's son, and he's a Hall of Famer. You can't pass on him. Well, let's let's pump the Jets just a little bit. Pump the brakes on the Hall of Fame stuff. We got He hasn't played an NFL snap just yet, but I think he's a heck of a talent, and I, I'm not going to get cute with his evaluation. He's a clear wide receiver one for me in this class. That is Ryan Fowler, Draft Insider. You can find him at Bleacher Report, uh, Draft Network, a bunch of different places. And uh, let's get you back on again after the first mock goes up. We'll talk about that then. But thanks for coming on today, Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you so much, as always, Bill. There you go. Great Ryan Fowler with us here on the Bill Riley Show today, live from Mobile, where the uh, Senior Bowl goes this weekend. See if uh, I don't know for sure if the local guys are playing. You heard him say some guys are skipping the game itself, but my guess would be Bishop and Vaki probably play. I'm not sure about Kingsley. I'm not sure about Satawa, but we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Appreciate him coming on board with us today here on the program. We'll come back on the other side. A few text messages to get to. Uncle Everett's story time coming after 1 o'clock today. And, uh, yeah, more coming up. Good to be with you on a Friday here on the Bill Riley Show on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome back to the Valley Collision Studio and the Bill Riley Show on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, heading toward one here on the Bill Riley Show. Uh, did you guys watch any of the uh, the Pro Bowl games last night, uh, the dodgeball and stuff like that? I, I didn't, but I don't mind it. I was on the phone with my dad last night. He was bemoaning, oh, yeah, all these guys out there, they're just, just playing these dumb games. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but nobody wants to play another football game again. These guys have had their bodies battered for the better part of the last four months. Nobody wants to injure themselves playing football, so... 
I'm okay with it. They're going to have the flag football game coming up on Sunday, which is fine too. I just I wasn't sure how many of you guys watched it or if you cared. Does anybody miss the Pro Bowl? I mean, the way it used to be. I mean, when they'd go to Hawaii and there'd be like a thousand people in the stands, and the game just wasn't very much of a, much of a game. And in recent years, it kind of became even worse. So I don't I don't know how many if, if you even maybe even care. I didn't. I don't think I watched the Pro Bowl after I got out of high school. It just was not an entertaining game to me. So I, I actually kind of like watching these guys without their pads and their helmets on, getting to run around, still be competitive and have some fun. I, I actually kind of like it. So what I like most is none of my favorite players are out there playing because my guys are getting ready for the Super Bowl. But anyway, just, I, I just again, throwing it out there. You can hit me up on the text line if you want to. Does, does anybody actually miss – the Pro Bowl and the what it used to be versus what we have today. 877-353-0700. Get you in and on board today. Uh, text message. Hey, Bill, I'm a Gator fan. Listen to the show daily. Hope we get a third game, uh, game someday with the Utes. Gator's new quarterback is DJ Logway. Remember the name. Keep up the good work. Enjoy the show. Oh, he's good. I mean, he's good on paper. <laughs> We don't know about any of these kids. We don't. We we just we don't. But he seems to check the boxes. He I think ended up being the number one quarterback recruit in this class. DJ Logway did. He looks the part. He really does. And Florida needs somebody long term. Though I will say, um, if you followed the Gators after they left here, the season wasn't great for Florida, and Billy Napier will be squarely on the hot seat next year. But Graham Mertz actually didn't have a bad season last year for Florida. He actually was decent. He didn't play very well here, but anyway. Thanks for the text message. Go Gators. Text message, hey, Bill, if Craig and the Utes have a good postseason, does Craig get poached by a bigger school? Um, I would, uh, I mean, I don't know. They're They're not having some sort of an unprecedented season. Now, yeah, could somebody come after Craig? Sure. But I think he's pretty happy here, and I would be surprised. But, again, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would shock me. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't think so. Text message. Hey, Bill, I'm worried what will happen when Raleigh, B.C., and Madsen leave. That could be ugly. Well, Raleigh and B.C. have another year left. I'm I'm sorry, Raleigh and Madsen have another year left. Madsen, um, actually, Madsen may have two, depending on the COVID thing. But I know Raleigh's got another year left. And Gabe Madsen's got at least one, if not two, left. Now, BC's done. The only two players that are, are definitively done with eligibility after this year are Cole Badgema and Brandon Carlson. But there's a very good chance both Raleigh and BC could be back next year, assuming they like to continue to play here. So, But that's that's why you recruit. I mean, Craig and his staff, it's a nonstop, never-ending cycle of you've got to recruit. You're always looking ahead. You're always playing the what-if game. You're always trying to fill holes. It's their job not to make it look ugly. Text message. Instead of the Pro Bowl, they should have the two worst teams in the NFL play each other. The winner gets the number one pick of the draft. I don't think anybody wants to play another game. And you cannot mandate them to play another game. Again, it's what I was saying. These guys have been beaten up physically 
for the better part of four months. They don't. Nobody wants to put pads back on again and play a legitimate game. Flag football, dodgeball, tug of war, snapping footballs, skills contest, sure. But nobody wants to play another game, even if the number one pick is on the line. 877-353-0700. I, uh, I told you yesterday I was going to dial up a little uh, underdog fantasy on the Jazz game last night. And I did. And I was very close to having a very good night last night. Um, I took Kelly Olynyk higher than 14.5 points, rebounds, and assists. He got 20. I took Lowry Markinen higher than 23.5 points. He had 28. However, Tobias Harris cost me last night on the trifecta. I had him lower than 34.5 points, rebounds, and assists. He got 40. So it wasn't a great night last night, but I still enjoyed doing it, and I'll continue to play because it's fun, because I'm watching the game, making mental notes, knowing I'm talking about it, and then I have a little fun on the side too. You guys can do it too. It's very simple. You go to underdogfantasy.com or use their easy-to-use mobile app. You get that free in your favorite app store, which is what I do. Then you sign up and set up your account and use my promo code Bill Riley, and Underdog Fantasy will match your first deposit up to $100. So if you put in 10, they'll make it 20. If you put in 100, they'll make it 200. And for right now, they'll give you a special pick of higher than half of a total yards to use on your first pick, pick them entry. So that's a little bonus in there, too. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Bill Riley. Enjoy it, play it, have some fun, and uh, go from there. You can do it with the Super Bowl or the big game, as they like to say, next week or any of the NBA stuff going on right now. But you have to be 18, and in a state where it operates, that's underdog fantasy. Terms do apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to ncpgambling.org, ncpgambling.org. As we come back on the other side, we'll talk some basketball. We'll, we're talking basketball with our buddy Everett Gray. Uncle Ev's story time coming up. As we head toward 2 o'clock today, don't forget tonight, gymnastics at 6, followed by Utah women's basketball at 8. Tomorrow, Utah men's basketball between Utah and Colorado pregame at 2, tip time at 3. Grabbing a break. Back with the final hour of the Bill O'Reilly Show on a Friday right here on ESPN 700. Let's talk some hoops here on the Bill Riley Show with a former college basketball and NBA player, Everett Gray. Everett has the pulse on all things taking place on the hardwood from high school to the pros. And it's all heard here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, Everett will be with us here in a minute. Some sad news. I just saw this cross. Oh, man. Carl Weathers. A.K.A. Apollo Creed, A.K.A. Chubbs from Happy Gilmore, died at age 76. Oh, man. He was Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films. Played George Dillon in Predator. That was a great movie. Man. Also, (laughs) he was also great. In Arrested Development, too. Oh, man. And, of course, the iconic golf 
boxing coach and instructor Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Gone at age 76. Man, that's rough. Anyway, uh, joined right now by our friend Everett Gray. How about that? Carl Weathers, dead at age 76. Man, that's tough. I mean, I'm, you can He played some, some cool roles. And um, being an um, African-American man myself, kind of grew up on Carl Weathers, so that's tough. R.I.P., Carl. Yeah, he was he was great. He played, by the way, uh, he played uh, played football too. Uh, Long mm-hmm. Beach City College played uh, in '66. Then he played at San Diego State, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then uh, got a got a degree in uh, in the theater arts. But he played for Don Coriel and uh, played for San Diego State when they finished eleven and zero and played in the uh, the old Pasadena Bowl. Which which predates I remember, Bo- I remember that ball. predates you and me a little bit, but yeah, he was a football player. And by the way, signed with played a little bit with the Raiders for a year, and then played in the Canadian Football League. I had no clue about all that. I just remember him from the movies and back in the day. But I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. He'll, will Will he always be Apollo Creed to you, or will he be Chubbs from Happy Gilmore? Apollo Creed. Yeah, he's Apollo He'll Creed. Always be Apollo Creed. But Chubbs was hilarious. That was a tough scene when 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 Drago killed him too. Remember, dancing around yeah. in that ring, taunting Drago. Thought it was an exhibition, and Drago wasn't having any of that, was he? No, he wasn't playing. He was all business, you know. But he always reminded me of Andre Karolinko. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Drago. But by the way, I heard a pod, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Was a he was literally a rocket scientist. He went to MIT. He was a he was like a well read, well studied guy who went to all these all these high end schools. They have all these degrees, and then he got into modeling, and then he got into acting. And but yeah, but he was a world class karate champion when he was a genius at MIT, and then he got into the other stuff. That Dolph Lundgren is a he's not just some musclehead. He's actually a sharp dude. I had no clue. You know, you know him for these movies, but and he dated. Um, did he date the? He he dated uh, first. He dated Grace Jones. Remember Grace Jones? Yeah, that was crazy. Them two was yeah, that was interesting. That crew. Yeah, he started with Grace Jones, and then I I don't know if he ever dated the girl in the movies. What was her name? Brigitte Nielsen. Although Stallone did. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought they did, but maybe uh, I. But I remember Grace Jones. Those two was an interesting group. Oh, man. Those two together was interesting. Way back then, they was you know that was a little taboo back then, but it was interesting. Yeah, that was crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and by yeah. the way, who who was who did Apollo Creed come to the ring? Who was singing in the background when he was before his fight with with uh, with uh, with uh, Drago? It had to be a popular. It had to be somebody popular. I think you. you you're um, quizzing me here, Bill. But come on, man! It's a classic. It's a it's it's a living in America. Remember? It wasn't Eddie Murphy, was it? No, it I wasn't. don't know who, who James that. Brown. Oh, he, oh yeah, that's right. That's before people used to have like hype man come out before fights. He's, I think he might have started that. <laughs> yeah, because James was think there preparing. That. He was there singing it because it was it was supposed to be a big show and exhibition. But like you said. Drago was all business, man. He wasn't having any of that. Right. It was kind of like was, those uh, kind of like those UNLV teams you used to play for. You guys were all business. You weren't having any of that. Yeah, we, you know, we was similar to a pro team in college, um, and we never really um, we had a goal. Obviously, we came a little short the one year, but um, it was all business. Do you remember a time? Ev sent me a picture the other day. It was it, by a great picture. Did somebody send you that? I mean, you couldn't have taken it because you were in the picture, but it's a picture from behind the bench of LJ, of Ev, of Greg Anthony, of Anderson Hunt, of Stacey Gogman, just sitting on the bench either at a timeout or right before a game. That was a great picture. Was there ever a game that you guys took more personally than others? Was there ever a game where somebody, the team you were playing, was yapping a lot before the game, and you guys were like, okay, okay. Because you were pretty businesslike, and you ran through the Big West back in the day because you didn't have any competition really in the Big West. But was there a game, a non-conference game, maybe some big national CBS game where the other team was talking a lot, and you're like, okay, let's go show them? So there were two games. Um, people were talking three. So the first one was obviously the Arkansas game. Remember, we were one and there were two. That was Lee Mayberry and uh, yeah. and uh, Todd Day, Todd Lee, Day Oliver, Oliver, Miller. Oliver Miller, and Scotty uh, Scotty Thurman. Scotty was on that. No, Scotty wasn't on that turn. On okay, that team. They came a little bit later, like a year or two later. But they were talking the whole time uh, a lot, especially Todd. Remember, Todd got into it with Larry. And uh, it was hilarious because you guys, people don't realize Larry was a Golden Glove championship at, champion at 14. So he was knocking out grown man at 14. That was one game. The Santa Barbara game at Santa Barbara. Oh, my God. They was talking so much. And because that was our last loss um, to, a, to a team anywhere. Because uh, the year before we won, we won a national championship. That was our last loss, and then we ran on and and won a national championship and didn't lose, lose another game. So they were talking a lot. And then the Georgetown game in the second round in, in Tucson, and obviously Dikembe and Alonzo was just running their mouth the whole time. But um, I, it's a backstory to the Alonzo story um, why he fouled out. It was some choice words said to him that I can't say over the radio. Um, but uh, it was that was a chippy game too. So what was Arkansas saying, and did you guys react to it, or did you guys just like like last week the Chiefs were clearly bugged mm-hmm. by all the talking that the Ravens did, but they didn't really say anything. 
But now afterwards, you're hearing all the NFL film stuff saying, yeah, we heard them talking. We heard them doing this. We Now, did you guys react to it? And what was Arkansas saying that had these guys so ticked off? Like, It wasn't so much of the talking. It was the cheap shots and then running away and then putting your hands up. And then when we tried, I know, I know Stacy and Todd got into it. They got a double foul. And Todd made a shot. He's a good player, he's an NBA player, and then he got into Stacy's face, and Stacy kind of elbowed him in the face. You can see it on on TV, but they caught a double foul. So that was it. Was just stuff like that. After about when reality set in, and we went up twenty five, then they stopped talking. Um, but Todd, mainly Todd Day, was doing all the talking and a little bit of Oliver Miller, but it was all it was cheap shots more than talking still in that game. Gotcha. And Santa Barbara was t- – why in the world were the Gauchos talking? They wasn't They wasn't bad. I mean, remember, it was – if we had three teams that came out of the Big West, it used to be us, New Mexico State, and it used to be Santa Barbara or either Irvine or Bill Mulligan. But uh, you got to realize that the year before, the year we won the national championship, that was our last loss in the conference. And they was just chirping a little bit. And um, – and then fans get into it a little bit. They play in that little cracker box gym, high school gym. And it's real. It's a good environment. And it was on Big Monday. And uh, they were talking, but we ended up winning by 35. But they were talking in the beginning. Will college basketball ever be like it was then? Again, meaning three or four teams that, you know, have kind of that reputation. And I just, I, I talk about this all the time. I just, I don't see a day because of the portal and because of early entries into the draft where we ever see UNLVs and Dukes the way we knew them. And again, because a lot of what we knew was because you guys Mm -hmm. played two or three years together. Christian Leitner was a villain because we had to see him for three or four years. It wasn't a one. Mm -hmm. And J.J. Redick became a villain because he was there three or four years. You guys were all playing together for three or four years. So Mm -hmm. you got to know him. Same thing with the Fab Five. So, I don't know if we'll ever have that again in college basketball. And then with the incessant moving around, too, mm-hmm. it makes it hard to develop that. It'll never, it'll never be the same. Not with uh, with the portal. Because um, guys are jumping in the portal after one month, uh, you know, beginning to practice. They're hopping in the portal. I was told that. I didn't. I was thought kids were hopping in the portal until after the season. But I heard after a month, if it's not going their way, they're just hopping in the portal. Um, it just won't be the same. That was a glory days. I think the last of the of the the really good teams is probably where people stay is when Jay Wright with Villanova. Um, he always have two or three guys that they stay. Um, I don't even think uh, you know Villanova is going to be the same because you know Jay retired, but uh, he was like the last coach to ever have like. He'll he'll get a three star or a two star and red shirt that kid come out and then all of a sudden his junior year he's a four star and he's a lottery pick or he's a late first and those those days are over. Um, it's just will never be the same where you got get used to your favorite team and players and and I'm a fan of college basketball but Me at too. this point I don't watch that much. I don't watch that much, Bill, because it's I'm obviously I'm going to watch the the tournament, but it's just not fun to watch because you don't you can't get a attached to a team because everybody leaves yeah there's there's no developing anything and you're always constantly checking the roster who was that guy right. where was he from where's he at now you just that's mm-hmm. that's about half of what it is now 
Yeah, you know, a lot of it's like with my club team. It's you know, with uh, with our kids, we just say as soon as you get offers, we want to you have to sign early because if you try to try to wait to the spring and try to get you know get recruited and dealing with the portal at the same time, it's hard because coaches are just copping the portal, take a kid that's already developed somewhat, um, and don't take a chance on a on a freshman kid. You have to take your offers real quick. If not, you're going to be at a JUCO and have to wait two years to get your shot. You've been dealing with this, though, for a while. I mean, college basketball's just become what AAU basketball's been for a long time. Guys jumping around yeah. from team to team, if they don't like their situation, they go join another club team. Yeah, it's, it's, I deal with it every day. I mean, and then you have other you know, other clubs trying to take your players. You develop them a little bit. And, and our thing, I saw like Rebels, we try to, we try to find those diamonds in the roughs and, you know, and make them much better and get them get them to their to to where they want to go play so it happens in high school and i don't blame the kid uh bills the parents to allow that to happen i stick with one i stay with one club team my whole my whole career and i turned out okay as a basketball player just find the right club and stick with it talking to everett gray long time unlv running rebel of course pro basketball player and high school basketball and club basketball coach here in town today who who's who if you were playing today if if Everett Gray was playing today mm-hmm. who who would you want to be rec- who would you want to recruit you who would you want to go play for Ooh see all the guys I like that kind of was in my era they just starting to retire but um the guy at Houston Kelvin Sampson he's he reminds me of Tark um, I like him. He probably plays a style of basketball most like what you guys played back at UNLV. Yeah, that that, that guy at Houston, he can coach. Um, I like um, – actually, I like Shocker Smart, too. Um, I think he's a good coach. I think he lets you play. I think the respect part, um, he lets his kids He lets his kids play. And, and if you play the right way, you'll, you'll, you can, you'll play for him. There's a couple – in state, um, Sprink, Danny Sprinkle at Utah State. I think he's a great coach, great young coach, um, and I I could play for him. I mean, he, he just seems like he's doesn't yell that much. He gets his point of, point across by looking at you, giving it a certain look. Um, I think all the guys that, and Coach Duff. I think everybody does a great job. The guy at Weber State, Coach Duff, does a great job, and the guy at Utah, um, Coach Smith, he does a he does a great job, and I think Pope does a great job. All these guys, uh, Willis down in Southern Utah, and I, you know I can't leave all of them. I can't. I got. I got to comment on one, all of them, Bill. But uh, I know you do because they recruit your kids. But I don't want a damn laundry <laughs> list of every damn high school college coach in the state of Utah. Yeah. I want to know who you'd play yeah. for. Yeah, I like I like Kelvin Sampson. I think okay. the guy I would I would look at is Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. Again, go if you guys watch Houston play and. They're in the Big 12. You'll see them a lot beginning, you know, this year and next year. Um, mm-hmm. They go back and watch some old clips of some of Everett's, uh, you know, Jerry Tarkanian teams, not just the ones Ev played for, but those Tark teams. Mm-hmm. They just, they pressure you all over the floor. They dare the mm-hmm. referees to blow the whistle because everybody knows the referees aren't going to blow the whistle on every play. And, you know, they, they just, they, they, I don't think they probably shoot it as well as you guys do. Uh, did mm-hmm. um, you guys? You know Anderson and Greg could both shoot it pretty well from outside right. and mm-hmm. bring in Bice off the bench, but they 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 do play at least defensively a similar style. 
Yeah, he. I mean, like they keep they make you like really uncomfortable on offense, and, and that's what we try to we stress here at Corner Canyon. We don't want you to run your offense. You they're running their offense to score against you. That's what Tark used to say. So how about not letting them run their offense? And you deny the wings, and you deny the elbows, and it's going to be hard for you to uh, get into your offense. And then we want to see if you can play a, a different style of basketball, which we are capable, like we're used to. So we try to take you out of what you like to do. And, um, and that's our philosophy with Coach Tart. Deny the wings and see if you can uh, get into your offense a different way. What's the Big 12 going to look like next year, Ev, when you add Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State to what's already the best conference in the country? It's going to be, I mean, like, I'm looking at maybe 10 teams, maybe 11 going to the tournament. They're going to be, it's going to be a bluff. It's going to be, a, you got to win your home game. You cannot lose at home if you're trying to get to the tournament in the Big 12 with this, with all these great teams and great coaches. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be almost like an NCAA atmosphere when the conference season starts. And you got to take care of your preseason game because you're going to need those games too. So um, I can't wait to see it because literally every game counts um, in that Big 12. And, um, and you're going to have to go deep. You're going to have about 10 solid guys deep, um, Bill, with, uh, with this new conference because you got to, you're going to have to, you, you know, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys going down and, but you got to have 10 solid starters. And you play every style of basketball, too. That's the other thing. Some leagues, they have one or two styles. The Big 12 with 16 teams is going to give you every potential style of basketball you could see. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, you're going to have your coaches are going to be busy, super busy on their scouts. And, um, and it's going to be great. I just, like I said, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. Hopefully, uh, Utah can get a, some fans out because there's going to be some really good teams coming into the Huntsman Center and, and down in Provo. Uh, it's it just, I can't wait. I might have to go to more games. I've been going to a few games now, Bill, and it's uh, it's been refreshing. And, you know, the fans are starting to come back at Utah. What's Utah got to do down the stretch, Ev? They're 14 and 7, 5 and 5 in league. What do they have to do over the next 10 games to make sure they're in the tournament? Man, I think at least go – you said five and five. They're going to have to at least win at least eight of those ten games and then win two games in the conference time in a tournament to go to the tournament. No, 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 no. No I way. think so. You asked me a question. Oh, yeah, well, I'm allowed to disagree with you. They don't have to win oh, yeah. ten games to get you're, – you're saying they have to get to 24 wins to get into the tournament? No, I said they need to – no, they need to win eight of those – they need to win eight games out of these out of the rest of the season. The rest of the season, they need to get to twenty wins. Six wins That's would get six team. wins would get them to twenty wins. Okay, well my math is off. So six. I was at UNLV. <laughs> so six wins. So they need Love to get it. to twenty wins. They need to get to twenty and then get to the turn the conference tournament, Bill, and win a couple games in the conference to be safe. That's my opinion. See, I I think if that because of where their net is and because of their non con I think I, I agree with you. I think six games, if they get to 20 and 12, I think they'll be mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament. I agree with you there. If they go five and five in the regular season, then I think they have to win at least probably one in Vegas to get to that 20 win plateau. I think 20 with what they did in the non conference is probably their magic number this year. Right. Well, the other thing, too, like I hate the eight nine game is terrible. 
in the tournament, and you want to avoid that game, and you want to avoid the play-in game. But if they take care of business at home, they got to win their home games. That's very important. That Oregon game, that was a that was a good win for them. But they need to contend. They need to win at least two two or three games on the road before going into the conference. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I feel like Utah State's in. You know, I don't think unless there's some sort of monumental collapse. I feel like they're in. Is BYU get kind of done enough as long as they just don't collapse, or do they? What what's where where are they at for you with their you know ten games or so to play? I think they're in the same boat as Utah. I mean, their boat is a little bit better, but um, I think they're similar. They just need to you know make sure they take care of home home court and and win about another five or six games to be comfortable into the tournament. Because um, you never know what's going to happen in the, in the conference tournament, but if you, if they can get to twenty twenty one wins, I think they'll be fine too. And it'd be great for the state of Utah to have all these teams in there. Um, quick pro question for you: the Jazz right now, about where you kind of think they'd be fringe play in team. Trade deadlines next week. Olenek's the guy that's being kicked around just a little bit, but this season's more about figuring out their long term rotation and things like that. You watch a little bit of jazz basketball. I know you're busy with your high school stuff, watching a little bit of your club stuff too. But what 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 do you like about the jazz right now, and what needs to be added to the jazz if they're going to be a, a team that takes a big jump into next season? Well, my I think they need a three and D guy on the wing to de, de, to defend. I think if they can get to this, um, what's his name, the kid from the Brooklyn. I've been hearing his name been thrown around a little bit. Herb Jones. If they can get a guy, Herb plays for New that, Orleans. Herb, Herb's in New Orleans. Okay, I heard he's out there, maybe to be traded. If you can get a guy like that, even if you can get back Royce O'Neal, I know you don't want to hear that name, but they need a guy that they can defend, defend and can hit a three. Um, I think uh, it is this up and down. They won, I think they won four or five in a row, and then they they lost a few in a row now. And this is the time where the guys got to have some defense a little bit because they can score it. They just need to be able to stop people. So if a Lenny can get you something back that can defend on the wing, I would definitely do that. Or wait for the buyout situation with some guys. I don't know. It's just they need some wing defending. They can guys that can hit a couple threes here and there, and then but to be able to defend every night. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking they need. And hopefully, uh, I'm pretty sure Danny is out there trying to figure it out. Um, but I think that's what they need. If, if Olenek is out there, they, people want him. If you can get a, a good piece back, trade him. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a lot back for Olenek. It might be a pick. I think any of those major moves you were talking about, adding 3 and D guys and stuff, I think that'll probably come more in the offseason, wouldn't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, but if you're trying – I don't know what they're trying to do. Are they trying to make the play? I'm pretty sure they want to make the playoffs. Or you want to be – you don't want to be where you're picking 10th. You know, either you're going to go in all the way in or you're just going to, you know, play for the draft and try to get someone. But uh, I think I think they're just uh, like one or two pieces away 
And because uh, the Lakers are struggling, I mean, they can move into make a nine or ten seed maybe if they can get a, a guy that can defend. Well, they're at 10 now, and they're probably going to stay in that range because Houston's faded. Golden State's not coming back. So I, I think they're pretty safe in the 10 spot. They're a play-in team at best. They're going to battle right, right there with the Lakers and a few others about being there. I couldn't believe the Lakers won last night without AD and without LeBron in Boston. They were super active. They were active last night, and the Reeves kid played really well last night. And it's a little let down for Boston. They shouldn't play that way but sometimes you know guys do that they don't see their main guys out there they don't play their they don't play to their to their strength and play hard all the time and that's what happened last night you gave them some momentum they gave them some momentum and some confidence and it was too late um who's corner canyon got tonight we got riverton uh again i think the last time i talked to you you guys had riverton yeah that was like five games ago now we're the second back half of our region so we uh we played them back. We got Brody back. Brody Kozlowski is back. Um, and uh, we're trying to figure it out with him. And But we, we won six in a row or five in a row or something like that. So we're, we're playing pretty good right now. Which, uh, we're waiting just Brody get some rust off a little bit, but um, he's still playing pretty well. Are you, who, Who's your biggest challenge this year in winning a state in championship? The, in the state. Who's who's Who are the one or two biggest challenges for you guys if you're going to win state championship? Um, Lehigh is really good. Quincy does a really good job. His son is, is out of, out of his goal right now. Uh, you got America Fork with Cuff and those guys. They're all, we, we've been battling with them the last two or three years. Go cavemen. Go cavemen. Cavemen. And, you know, then you have some, you got Davis down there with, uh, Davis High School with, uh, Chad Sims and John Green. They're really good. Uh, so it's going to be a tough one this year, um, in 6A. It's going to be a battle. Corner Canyon, going to be standing right in there probably when it's all said and done. Uh, Ev, thank you. It's always good catching up. I, I hated to start things with bad news with Carl Weathers, but you know, breaking yeah. news is breaking news. Yeah, it is what it is. That's like a sports situation. You have to break it. That's a hollow creed. And uh, am I saving room for you on the on the Chiefs bandwagon for next week? That would be a negative. Come on, man. I'm going to watch it. This is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a good game. All but right. you can't can't keep Kansas City out with 15s the great eraser. He can take care of lots of problems for you. Pretty good. He's not bad. You're not bad either. Thanks, Ev. Good luck tonight. Yep, thanks. There he is. Ever Gray with us here on the Bill Riley Show. If you're a younger person, you know, like my guy Leaf Tuline, he's in the other room. Although Leaf's a bad example because he's just such a hoops junkie. But if you're like, you know, 25 or 30 years old listening in, do yourself a favor. Go, go YouTube um, the 1990 and 1991 UNLV basketball teams. YouTube the 89-90 and then the 90-91 basketball teams. You'll see my buddy Everett. I think Ev was wearing 23. I think that was his number. Yeah, he wore 23. Um, they were so good. And there's this myth out there, and I know I'm running long here. I've got a break. There's this, There's always been this myth out there, and I bought into it for a long, long time until I got older and wiser, that Jerry Tarkanian could coach. He'd just roll the ball out and let those guys play. Not true. In fact, I think I may have said, I, I think I may have said it just to joke around one time with Everick. He got pissed. He's like, we, we heard that all the time, and that was not true. He said, our practices 
So we used to come at, he goes, you couldn't, you had to compete in our practices. The people, he goes, we were pulling guys off of each other. He says, our practices were harder than 90% of our games, which is probably true playing in the Big West. Man, they were so good. Weren't super deep. They were only about six, maybe sometimes seven deep. Man, they could play. They could play. So one thing I miss, I still love college basketball. But the portal and the the one-and-done stuff prevents us from getting those teams that stay together for a long time. And a lot of those great rivalry games, too. So, anyway, appreciate Ev jumping on board today. Uh, let's take a timeout. We'll come back on the other side. A couple of news and notes from the sports day coming up here on the Bill Riley Show. Get the table set for a little bit later on as well, right here on ESPN 700. You're listening to the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This is the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Such a dork for college basketball and old-school college basketball. That's why I, I, I can sit around, as much as I like talking NBA with Gordy, I, I really I love talking college basketball when Gordy was a coach at Providence in the Big East in the mid to late eighties when they got to the Final Four with Billy Donovan as their point guard. I just uh, if you ever get a chance, watch the Big East thirty for thirty uh, on how the Big East came together, how it was formed. It, it was basically back when you could do it. It was formed to be a basketball conference. Um, you can't do that anymore because football drives the ship. But if you want to go back and see it, my lord. I was just telling Leaf at the break, and why I love talking to Gordy, every, you know, the UNLV was an outlier out west because they were, just, you know, they were a big, big west team and things like that. But I, I can vividly remember being in high school. You'd watch the big Monday stuff. You'd have a Big East game, and then you'd have a Big Eight game, and then you'd have a West Coast game. And on Tuesdays, you'd have a uh, an ACC game. And then you'd have a Big Ten game. And I mean, I mean, college basketball was just so very good. And, again, the, the sport's still good, but it's not like it was then because, you, again, we, we were talking about this. You Guys stuck together. You know, Leaf was talking about watching some of those. Uh, he watched one of the old UNLV and Fab Five games. That Everett, I think, played in that because he stuck around those Fab Five games. Grandma and those guys, I think, were gone. Or maybe there was one year where they crossed over. Anyway. Those guys were were all, again, they weren't grown men, but they were grown men because they had played together for at least three years, sometimes four. And they knew the system. They played for the same coach. They knew it inside and out. I was just talking the other day with a buddy of mine. We went to the Final Four together in 91. I didn't know Everick then. I didn't meet him until for 25 years late, until 25 years later, but... I saw him, you know, I was there watching Kansas and North Carolina play and working for the student radio station at the time and uh, hanging with some friends. And then UNLV and, and Duke played the second game. And we debated going to that game. That was a, that game had Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony, Everett Gray, and gosh, I'm trying to remember the guy off the bench that was a future pro. Duke had... Grant Hill, Thomas Hill, Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner. I want to say one of the like Billy McCaffrey. I think was on that anyway. 
there was there was about 17. Carolina was loaded. Kansas had actually Kansas had probably the fewest NBA guys of anybody there, but it was just ridiculous. But those guys had all been together. So I, I just I I what you were talking about YouTube rabbit holes. I can YouTube rabbit hole old highlights of NFL games. I can YouTube rabbit hole live music because I love to watch old concerts like you know the Live Aid Wembley stuff and but I can also go down YouTube rabbit holes with college basketball going back in the day it's just just a lot of fun and sadly we're we're never going to have that kind of college basketball again because of the one and done stuff although if they if they change the rule you know you go either straight out of high school or you stay in school for 3 years kind of the way baseball does I think it would help the game of college basketball, and I think it would help a lot of players, too, who are frankly not ready to go, yet they take advice from people and go early. I mean, I, I think if you if you did that, you know, you, you're, you know, with the G League and international basketball and the NBA now, I think they could roll that back and just say, sure, you can come straight out of high school, but if you commit to a college, you're there for three years. You have your option. Bet on yourself. Maybe you're not ready today, but maybe you believe a year in the G League you'll be ready. Fine. But it would help the, it would help the product. The college basketball product overall would be better. Then you'd have to just figure out what to do with the portal because you still have guys transferring left and right. So. But it's fun, and I love college basketball, and I just love talking old stories because I was watching those games, and guys like Gordy was coaching in them, and, Everett was playing in them. So it's fun. Um, 877-353-0700 if you want to get in and on board today here on the Bill Riley Show. Just a reminder on the programming side of things, the Utah gymnastics team goes at 6 tonight. The Red Rocks are at home against, I think, Oregon State. And then uh, uh, Lynn Roberts' team playing at Washington tonight at 8. We'll have them back-to-back tomorrow afternoon at 2. Sean Mooney and I come on board. And we'll have a little pregame for Utah, Colorado, then tip off at the Huntsman Center about 3. And then uh, on Sunday, the Utah women play again. They'll be up at uh, Washington State on Sunday. That's a 1 o'clock Mountain Time tip time there. So you've got that out there as well on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. It was an interesting bit of news today. It kind of snuck under the radar. NFL and Lions backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater retired. Basically retired last Sunday after the Detroit Lions lost to the San Francisco 49ers. He had been planning this for a while. He's 31 years old. Had a really solid NFL career, spot starter, backup. And he's going back to his high school alma mater, Miami Northwestern, and be becoming the head coach. He starred there in high school before he went to Louisville, and now he'll go back home again. The AD said Teddy never left the school since he's been in the NFL the last 10 years. And in college, he was always part of things in the offseason. Those are cool stories. Good on Teddy Bridgewater. Who had, a, who had a good run. Ten years in the NFL as a spot star. Teddy made plenty of money. And now he's got his plan afterwards. He's going to become the head football coach. Now, there's some pressure there because, one, his alma mater is a powerhouse in South Florida. And, two, he's 
never been a coach. Though I'm sure he's learned from some good coaches. As our buddy Eric Weddle will tell you, completing his first year as a high school football coach this year, it's it's not as easy as you think it might be. So he's retired and now coaching at Miami Northwestern High School Football. Who apparently went four and six a year ago and they made the change. So anyway, good on you, Teddy Bridgewater. Started 65 games in his career. 15,000 passing yards, 75 touchdowns, 47 interceptions. Mostly a starter for the Minnesota Vikings. Had a little bit of starting time with both Denver and Carolina as well. Most guys would kill for that career and those numbers in the NFL. So good on you, Teddy Bridgewater. All right. As we go to break, one more time, I'll remind you that if you need anything this weekend on the plumbing side of things, on the HVAC side of things, or on the electrical side of things, my buddy the plumber can help you out with any of those needs. Top-notch customer service, and I can raise my hand to tell you because I've called on them to help me out at my homes many times over the years. 24-7, they're there to help you out. You can find them online at mybuddytheplumber.com or 801-381-4471. That's 801-381-4471 for My Buddy the Plumber. Come back, give you a leaderboard update on the PGA. They're at Pebble Beach this week. Hello, friends. And then wrap it up on the the Bill Riley Show on a Friday on ESPN 700. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.